It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Earn it allows it to call this organic. Oh, Recorded 80% of the eggs are processed this way. They, the, the chickens that are up higher have boards. They can walk all the way down to the barn floor. And again, there's that little tiny area, and there's some supposed organic food thrown out for them, but they're not getting out. They're not getting the natural uh things, you know, in the pasture like the other ones. So if you have a choice, make sure you're dealing with a small rancher or farmer that lets their chickens get out and get natural and and doesn't feed them a bunch of crap food because the the best eggs are going to be the ones that come from natural pastures. And we want to make sure that those pastures haven't been crop dusted uh, or local pesticides or synthetic fertilizers because they that defeats everything. But with all these rules, you can bend them and manipulate them and come out okay. So basically what you've got is the first, the first deal is great big pastures with portable houses that they roll all over the place so the chickens get quite a variety and most of the time they're outside and they call this the gold standard for organic. The enhanced, non-movable, but pretty large pastures, and they get a, you'll see about 60 to 70% of them outside at any one time. The fixed housing, where they get a little one to 10 foot run, and they call that a pasture for them, and less than 10% are ever outside, and they pick those little 10 foot runs clean, and there's nothing but chicken droppings. Not good, and then the industrial scale, it's like a giant prison as far as I'm concerned. It's horrible. And the best thing we can do is buy with your, I mean, vote with your wallet and let them know you don't want your eggs from that kind of thing and get them poor chickens out of there and let them run free and drop eggs for us like they should instead of putting them in prison so we can have eggs. I, I'd never eat another egg again if that was the only way I could get an egg. And thank God there's plenty of places around here and Grauman Farm here in the Houston area uh, does that. And I have some good friends uh, out in Hempstead area that bring me eggs every once in a while from their own little farm. So that's the way it ought to be. But vote with your wallet. Tell them that if they can't get good egg seed and the chicken's running free, you don't want it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting close to that part of the evening. Uh, as always, it is a honor and a privilege to be a part of your health care to come into your lives for an hour each week. Uh, I, I take this very seriously, and you mean a lot to me, and I want the best for you and you're part of my family, whether it's on the radio, distant patients I have all over the country. Uh, it means a lot to me. So if you have any questions, if I ever can help you, you can reach me at the office. Uh, I'm there until 5 o'clock. 
Central Time every day except Wednesday. Wednesday I shut down a little early to get ready for the radio show. But you can call me at 832-220-6163. And you can also email me. But if you got a lot of questions, we need to actually talk. But the email is Krupa at sbcglobal.net. And I hope every week that I help you make better decisions, give you a better path, and like Sharon in, in Kansas, maybe help her son and, and head off a very bad problem and turn them into a very healthy young man. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really love that theme song because drugs are like the root of hell and civilization. And speaking about that, I always find it interesting when I study how civilizations collapse and certain eras of great human ingenuity come crashing to an end, you know. And I, I go back years when since the discovery of penicillin by this guy Alexander Fleming and back in 1928, <clears throat> that the chemical medicine industry promised humanity that all of our ills will be cured by prescription meds. We've been promised that cancer and diabetes and heart disease and even Alzheimer's will all be cured once the pharmaceutical industry finally discovers the correct chemicals for treatment. <laughs> but, you know, you got to realize that Big Pharma's chemicals are not curing us. Basically, they're dooming us. You got superbugs that are antibiotic-resistant bacteria, and they are immune 
to the pharmaceutical industry's chemicals. So in other words, when they come into existence because of the they come into existence because of the overprescription of existing antibiotics. So if you attack bacteria with chemicals for long enough, the bacteria will develop biological immunity to the chemical. And it happens automatically, basically as part of Mother Nature's survival problem solving at the cellular level. But the problem is that it only takes one mutation to render an entire antibiotic drug obsolete. So as bacteria becomes more and more resilient to big farmers' toxic chemicals, the medical efficacy of antibiotic drugs collapses one by one. The pharmaceutical chemicals fall like dominoes overrun by the molecular ingenuity of Mother Nature. So to try to prevent a superbug apocalypse, the drug companies and the hospitals have kept one chemical in reserve and is called colostin, colistin, sorry. And it's the last ditch defense against superbugs. And this is the drug that's used when everything else fails. Basically, it's the last option when a patient is being literally eaten alive by antibiotic-resistant bacteria. So what we've learned is that colistin is obsolete, too. There was a 49-year-old woman in Pennsylvania was just found to be carrying a colistin-resistant infection. And this was reported by Regano.com, and the same story has been carried across, believe it or not, the mainstream media. But what this means is that the era of chemical antibiotics has now reached its inevitable end. Big Pharma can no longer save you <clears throat> from the infections it brought into existence. existence. So this development is more than just a game changer. It's basically a medical apocalypse. It means that if this colistin-resistant superbug goes pandemic, millions of people will die from infections while the pharmaceutical industry's obedient doctors stand around twiddling their thumbs wondering, hey, what happened? No, I don't understand this. Oh, my goodness. Well, what happened, of course, is that the giants of chemical medicine, Big Pharma, spent the last five decades cashing in on the sales of the very antibiotic drugs that gave rise to this medical apocalypse. And they profited handsomely 
from pushing antibiotics even when people didn't need them. And of course, the doctors, or I should say the hookers, were routinely bribed to maximize their patient prescriptions. So basically, everybody cashed in. The drug companies, the pharmacies, and the doctors. But all the while, the determined microorganisms were quietly and systematically defeating all known antibiotic drugs. And these drugs are very easy to defeat, by the way, because they're isolated, purified chemicals. And it's hard to defeat natural antibiotics like sulfur, like garlic, because they contain a vast assortment of plant-based molecules. And this allows the natural antibiotics to attack cells from multiple biological vectors all at the same time. But the isolated farm chemicals are not sophisticated. What they basically do is they carpet bomb the patient's body with a heavy dose of a single chemical. And as a result, bacteria easily develops defenses against those chemicals. As a result, we are now living in a world where the hospital is probably the most dangerous place to find yourself in modern society. You can be killed by a colonoscopy, not from the procedure, but from the fact that the unclean probing instruments often deposit deadly superbugs into your body where they multiply and kill patients by the thousands. According to the pharmaceutical death clock, over 1.2 million people die each year from hospital infections. And an astonishing 377,000 die from superbug infections. And with the discovery of a colostin-resistant strain in the U.S., that number is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And not only are the hospitals the most likely place to contact such a deadly infection, it's also the place where everybody who works there is totally ignorant of real, real antibiotics that kill superfoods. So the question comes up. What are real antibiotics? Well, they are the multifaceted plant-based medicines that the entire corrupt industry of pharmaceuticals and medicines has deliberately ignored in order to protect their own profits. Yet the plant-based antibiotics are the most powerful in the world and they work on every bacterial strain yet discovered. And even the very first antibiotic, penicillin, was discovered to have been synthesized by nature. 
The chemical was created by mold, not by man. And it's just one of literally millions of unique chemical compounds created by Mother Nature that can kill superbugs. Even the common plants, such as garlic and ginger, because they are sulfur-based, exhibit powerful antibacterial properties and natural antibacterial solutions made from silver or copper are extremely effective against nearly all known bacteriological strains. <clears throat> Yet the hospitals in America refuse to use these simple effective substances for the simple reason they can't be patented and sold at a 50,000% markup. So they're abandoned by the medical industry and the patients die by the hundreds of thousands as a result. So here's so as superbugs take over the hospitals, those who have blind faith in the useless chemicals of the pharmaceutical industry will pay for that misplaced belief with their lives. And those who survive the superbugs will be the people who turn to natural antibiotics and reject their ignorant pharma horde physicians or the hookers. Now, what I found was very interesting <clears throat> was years ago, sulfur used to be in the soil. And sulfur was in the soil because manure used to be the fertilizer, and the manure was rich in sulfur. And the sulfur is an essential mineral that everybody needs to stay well. So when manure was the fertilizer, nobody got sick. And we're talking about in the 1900s going up to maybe 1930, 1940. Then the Rockefellers decided, oh, the wonderful, lovable Rockefellers, that under the guise of allowing the farmers to spend more time planting crops rather than shoveling doo-doo, they came out with the petrochemical fertilizers. Well, that was, it seemed good on paper. And unfortunately, the petrochemical fertilizers killed all the sulfur in the soil and everybody got sick. So basically the Rockefellers, because of their population reduction program, knew that it would kill the sulfur and everybody would start getting sick. And because they were involved in the pharmaceutical industry, they would make more money. They would make money from the pharmaceuticals and they would make more money from the petrochemical fertilizers. So that's the one mineral nobody gets. Now, I said that garlic was rich in sulfur. Yes, but in order to get the same effect, of one teaspoon of sulfur twice a day, you would have to eat eight to 10 cloves of garlic. I mean, who's, who in their right mind is gonna do that, right? So anyway, this is how important sulfur is. And this is why, and it's natural, and it's, it's like, what do you do? So in addition to the pharmaceuticals and all their hookers. We have the fast food industry. We have the Grocery Manufacturers Association. We have all these people that sell 
uh, if you pardon the expression, shit food that doesn't do anything except get you fat and make you sick. And what we've been finding for the last 20 years is that the waistline of American kids has been expanding. And yet modern science says it, they don't really know why. <laughs> but there was research that was published in this journal called Mayo Clinic Proceedings that said that the phenomenon known as non-genetic evolution or the passing down of fat-prone behavior and characteristics from parents to their children may be to blame. Give me a friggin' break, man. <clears throat> the researchers from the University of Alabama at Birmingham School of Public Health said that childhood obesity is caused by a whole lot more than just sedentary behavior and poor, poor diet. That's a little bit simplistic because it fails to acknowledge how social, social and cultural changes have led to the competitive dominance of fat cells. So fat cells are winning competition with muscle cells due to pre-pregnancy sedentary lifestyle changes and how people lived as far back as the 60s. You know, and it kind of kick-started the trend towards obesity that we're living with today. And then the mothers, they began engaging in increasingly less physical activity during the time, and their metabolisms during pregnancy began to change and kind of altered how fat muscle cells express themselves and utilize energy. So you can think of it in terms of domestication of animals like pigs and cows, which when they're confined to pens and they're fed genetically modified grains all day, they become lazy and fat. So back in the 60s, the mothers became increasingly physically inactive, sedentary, and heavier. And this altered their body's metabolism during pregnancy. So with less competition between fat and muscle cells due to inactivity, more energy was available to increase the number of fat cells in their unborn kids. So the, revolt, the result was this dramatic increase in the risk of obesity and disease in infants and children. So if you use a meta-theoretic analysis, you can come up with these findings that will help explain why childhood obesity is rampant in today's world and affects more than one-third of all children and adolescents. And the findings that they come up with, the three findings were, number one, fat cells have progressively evolved to out-compete other tissues in the body for energy derived from food. So based on the theory of non-genetic evolution, this is largely due to the fact that the little kid's parents were sedentary and had crappy diets that passed down the evolutionary traits brought about by the lifestyle to their kids. Number two, how a child's mother ate and exercised 
and lived her life prior to becoming pregnant can make all the difference in how her little kid turns out. So the evolutionary consequences of a mother's behaviors and lifestyle habits directly affects her little kid's metabolism, including the risk of disease development, and the risks are passed down to the grandchildren and even the great-grandchildren. And then number three, some mothers have evolved so far past the metabolic tipping point that their kids are almost guaranteed to be fat. And these kids will have to work really hard and abide by a strict and disciplined diet in order to even have a chance of staying slim and in shape. So basically, the mothers need to be physically active. They need to eat healthy during puberty to give their kids the best chance at a healthy life. And gluttony and sloth are not the primary detriments of obesity, and hopefully it'll dispel the ignorance that causes good-hearted people to mistakenly think that a child is obese because of lack of willpower or because his or her mother doesn't care enough. I mean, willpower and good intentions can't compete with evolution. So the would-be mothers need to focus on eating right and exercising and taking care of themselves long before getting pregnant in order to stem the overwhelming time of evolved childhood obesity. And prenatal care is important as well, but the learned behaviors need to start much earlier, when probably when a mother is still going through puberty. So what we're faced with today is a pure transformation of the diet. And it all starts with how you learn to eat. Look, I was a little kid growing up in Newark. Now, when I'm a little kid, when I'm one years old, two, three, four, five, eight, ten, do you think that I'm going to do research to find out what's good food for me to eat? you got to be out of your mind if you think that's a possibility. No. I'm just going to rely on what my parents feed me. And, of course, they didn't know. I mean, everything we ate had a face or a mother, three squares a day, and you wonder, oh, gee, this is really tasting good. Oh, boy. I mean, I was a hamburger guy. I couldn't eat steak. I hated it. lamb chops. I hated all that crap. But you give me hamburgers or meatballs, and that's all I need. But still, it's flesh, and it's fat, and it's blood, and it's all going into your body. And like I've said so many times, if you've got a convoluted switchback road for a digestive system where flesh foods leave the body in four to seven days, and you're eating three squares a day, where does it stay? And what does it do? Okay, it stays in your intestines, and it clogs up your arteries, and it restricts your blood flow. And the, the chemicals and the antibiotics and the GMOs and all the poisons and the growth hormones affect you as well. So conditioning is a very serious factor in maintaining a healthy body and a healthy body. 
Interestingly enough, I got this uh, article that came from a website called Forks Over Knives. And it was written by a Christine Krebs. And the title was How I Cured My Chronic Pain with a Whole Food Plant-Based Diet. <clears throat> and I'd like to share that with you because, I mean, why would you listen to me? I'm a kid from Newark. Whoever listens to anybody from Newark. Okay, so here's what she says. For most of my life, I ate the standard American diet and meals that were heavy in meat and processed foods. About four years ago, I decided to go vegan for the animals. I stopped eating meat and dairy products for ethical reasons, but my lifelong allergies went away soon after I went vegan. It was an unexpected and happy surprise. Although I was vegan, I was far from a healthy eater. I ate a lot of processed foods, potato chips, convenience meals, loved Oreos, and nut butter cookies. There was a lot of sugar, a lot of oil, and a lot of salt in my diet. Even though my allergies had cleared up after switching my diet, I still had many health problems. I had suffered with endometriosis pain for about 20 years. I'd struggled with debilitating back pain for 10 years and also had recurring chronic pain in my hands, feet, legs, and neck. Despite going to many doctors, no one could figure out how to help me. There were days when I couldn't get out of bed and specialists usually wanted me to manage my pain with strong painkillers and pharmaceuticals and several doctors also recommended back surgery. Last summer, one of my friends convinced me to do a 30-day challenge and eat only whole food vegan meals for a month. She's an ethical vegan, but also focuses on whole foods, which means she doesn't eat junk food. She's also very youthful and energetic. Well, since I felt like I was aging quickly and was so sick all the time, I agreed. She asked me to kick off the challenge by going with her to the Columbia, Maryland Forks Over Knives meetup group. I had no idea what Forks Over Knives was at that time. I went to the group with her, which was a potluck with 80 people and about 80 different dishes. Some of the food was really good, and I was shocked. The desserts blew me away. I also noticed that the older members seemed so healthy. It was a motivating way to start off my 30-day eating a whole food, plant-based diet. The potluck was on a Sunday in July. I woke up the next Tuesday morning and I thought I was dying. I felt numb and extremely confused. I hadn't been without pain for at least a decade and didn't recognize the feeling. I also hadn't been able to sit up easily after waking up in many years. I contacted the friend who had convinced me to do the 30-day challenge and told her I was probably dying. She told me the pain was gone because I had reduced the inflammation in my body. 
I had no idea what inflammation was or what she was talking about, but it felt like magic. I couldn't believe the absolute change in my body. Once you've been in pain for that long, waking and sitting up, <laughs> excuse me, with ease, feels like freedom. You feel like you have a new life, and walking around with no pain is even more awesome. I was so excited to learn more and to find new recipes and dishes to eat. I started to eat and love sweet potatoes. <coughs> oh, man. Here's a guy talking about health and he's coughing and sneezing. I love sweet potatoes, plant-based pizzas, and muffins, and many recipes from the Vegan Under Pressure and Forks Over Knives cookbook. <laughs> Gotta love it. So besides the chronic pain, I also had incontinence for a few years, and many people told me this was normal for a 50-year-old woman. Oh. <laughs> and I had to accept it. After about one month on my new diet, I realized I had control of my bladder again. Over the next few months, I had lost about 25 pounds without trying. My adult acne cleared up and my endometriosis pain, which, <laughs> which I had for 20 years, went away and I felt like I won the lottery. I sleep well, wake up every morning at 5.30 feeling amazing. My mood is great, and I have a lot of energy. For a 51-year-old woman who used to have trouble getting out of bed in the morning, this is, <laughs> this is amazing. Now, I know my story isn't as dramatic as many others that I've heard where people lose 200 pounds or go off a dozen medications, but I feel like I have to share. So if you're suffering with chronic health and pain issues, please give this lifestyle <laughs> an honest 100% try for a month and see how you feel it's worth it. So let me, let me just, aside from my sneezing in the morning, which comes from, oh, winds that we have here in Hawaii that blow pollen. <laughs> you got to love it. I mean, you know, it's springtime. So everything is blooming. And, of course, the pollen flows in the air. and It catches you and you start sneezing. But let me, let me, just, let me give you a heads up. About a year ago, I guess I weighed between 195 and 200 pounds. And I felt that was okay. And I was uh, still very athletic. And I maintained a vegan diet. But I would eat some chips from time to time and bagels and stuff like that. Okay. So I decided... Okay, we're going to make some changes here. So I gradually went to mostly steamed vegetables with some salsa and a little bit of 
homemade hummus, and that for the most, and, and a big smoothie in the morning with, which I just had this morning, with uh, organic vanilla coconut milk, uh, organic frozen strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, cherries, uh, bananas, and dates. And then I would put in my two superfoods, one, my uh, berries and herbs, which I got from Natural News, which is all organic, and my vegan chocolate Shakeology, which is another one that's between the two. It's over almost 80 superfoods. That's every morning. That's how I start my day. So I found that after about six months, I was down to about 190 pounds. And I still felt that that was a little bit too much. So what I did was between then and now, despite being not curtailing any of the athletics, which includes hiking, which includes stand-up paddling, which includes race walking, which includes playing in two softball leagues, which includes lightweight training and cardio exercises, I decided that after I had my smoothie, I wasn't going to have anything to eat until maybe two in the afternoon. So sometimes it was hard in the beginning, but I was, I would in between the smoothie and the eating at two in the afternoon, I would drink some water or I would drink some herbal juices or, and, and my favorite was, uh, carrot, apple, beet, ginger, um, turmeric juice. And it's really nice. Well, having done that and having adopted Sundays as my fast day, where on Sunday I would have a smoothie and then I would either drink water or, or fresh juices for the rest of the day, when I weighed myself this morning, I weighed 182 pounds. Now, I still have enormous energy. I'm still as active. Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot to say that I swim 1,000 meters a couple of times a week. So I still have all the energy, and I'm still active. And um, in March, I turned 77. And I see a lot of the guys that I play with and in the 70 and older league, I mean, it's like, give me a break. 55 and older, I can understand where all their energy comes from. <clears throat> but the point is that I made my decision years ago to go plant-based. And it was the best thing that I ever did in my life because it just changed me for the better. And I don't, And recently I saw a picture of, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, man. Well, it'll come to me. 
Anyway, the guy's 86 years old, and he really looks good. You know, the guy who played Dirty Harry, I can't remember his name, but I'm sure once I said that, you know, on Clint Eastwood. Yeah, the guy looks good for 86 years old. But the other thing that I gave strong recognition to was sugar. And it was very important. So let me tell you a little bit about sugar, okay? There's 20 grams of sugar in a package of dried mango, okay? That's that's 20 grams. In eight ounces of Coca-Cola, you have 26 grams of sugar. But there's a difference, okay? The biggest change to the nutrition information requirements are new regulations that make it so dried fruit and soda do not look like nutritional equivalents. And the labeling will list added sugar and suggest a threshold for how much sugar people should eat. So two changes, these are two changes that the food industry has fought hard to not have included in the final new label. So my bag of dried mango will still say that it has 20 grams of sugar but it will be noted that there are zero grams of added sugar. The Coke, on the other hand, contains 26 grams of added sugar, more than half of the daily recommended value for added sugar, which is set at 40 grams. So a 12-ounce can of Coke has 39 grams of sugar. So when you drink one, basically you're done for the day sugar-wise. So the new requirements will make that clear. As Michelle Obama pointed out when she unveiled the label, which will appear on 800,000 food products worldwide. Now, the label overhaul features a larger font font size for the calorie count, more realistic serving sizes, like a pint of ice cream has three servings now, not four. And most important of all, the label will tell you how much sugar in your snack was added during processing And how much came from ingredients like fruit? So you're no longer going to need a microscope or a calculator or a degree in nutrition to figure out whether the food that you're buying is actually good for you or your kids. So on the original label, when you try to see what is going on for sugar, it'll say sugar, one gram. 
on the new label, it'll say total sugars, 12 grams, includes 10 grams of added sugar. So you can see that a product like fruit contains natural sugar. It's not added. When you buy, do you, do you know why? I mean, it's like you get a Coke, you get like 12 teaspoons of sugar. The only reason they stop at 12 is because if it's any more, it sinks right to the bottom and nobody would be happy with that. So the nutrition and the public health experts are really praising the new label. Marion Nessel, who's the author of the book Soda Politics, <clears throat> says it's amazing. Now, as sugar is increasingly seen as a major culprit in the obesity epidemic and the increased prevalence of diet-related diseases like diabetes, um, which has sparked from soda taxes to public education campaigns, there's been programs to limit consumption. Now, the new nutritional label itself is more aligned with the goal of educating and limiting sugar consumption. This is not popular with the sugar industry, and nor is it popular with the food industry, because the extraordinary contradictions and irregularities, as well as the lack of scientific justification in the rulemaking process, are unprecedented for the FDA, the Sugar Association, and the industrial industrial um, trade groups. And yet they made a comment, comment and they said, we are concerned that the ruling sets a dangerous precedent that is not grounded in science and could actually deter us from our shared goal of a healthier America. The Grocery Manufacturers Association opposed the new version of the label which the FDA first presented and said that the new label would confuse consumers and call for an education campaign to explain it to the public. So the food industry has two years to implement the new label and companies with less than 10 million in annual sales will have three years and the overhaul will cost an estimated $2 billion. So the nutrition label made its debut in 1994 and has changed little in the decades since. So the updated label makes improvements to this valuable resource so that consumers can make a more informed choice, which is a very important step that a person can take to reduce the risk of heart disease and obesity. So why would they complain? Why would they have a problem if something is done to better the health of the people? It's simple. You don't even have to think about it twice. It goes against your advertising dollars. That's the problem. If it goes against your advertising dollars, why in the world would you want to accept that? Seriously. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up, you know. 
<laughs> I'd love to make it up, but I don't make it up. Because we have a standard diet. The standard diet that we have sucks. Why does it suck, he says with a straight face. Because it's, it's the worst of the worst, and it's out there because it makes money. And that's the key. As long as it makes money and it can keep people sick, that benefits the pharmaceutical industry, that benefits the medical profession, that benefits the junk food industry, and it helps to reduce the population by keeping people sick and inhibiting growth and proliferation. And when we're talking about that depopulation agenda, you get certain phrases that implies something opposite of the true intention with regard to genetically modified organisms or GMOs and how we will save the world from starvation and drought and blight and pests or vaccines are safe and effective and are most useful when administered to the entire herd, global warming is all our fault, the human's fault. Why? Because we've polluted the earth so bad and we've destroyed the ozone layer and we've trapped all the dangerous gases and we've raised the overall temperatures on the entire planet all inside of 100 years. The fact is what we've done, we being the corporations that create chemicals for agriculture, food, medicine and personal care products <clears throat> is that we have poisoned conventional food with bug killers and weed killers from the inside out and from the outside in. We have bred dangerous foreign bacteria into the seeds of the crops and their DNA is corrupted with pesticide-making genes, the same genes that mix with human DNA and corrupt and dismantle entire systems, including digestion, cell reproduction, and immunity. So the corporate slogans say the opposite of what they do. Vaccinations claim to virtually end infectious disease epidemics and pandemics, all during a time when all those diseases were all but eliminated by modern plumbing and hygiene in medical establishments. So check the real graphs and the statistics that have not been modified by the corporations that push the toxins. Plus, during the first few weeks after receiving a vaccine, the vaccinated person is very contagious, able to spread or shed the very virus they were inoculated against. And global warming, is a fervently defended belief that is pushed onto the masses like some new world religion, even though the diehard statistics show Earth is in the beginning of a long-term cooling trend. 
Global warming is purported, distorted, and shoved down our throats so the masses in general will go along with the concept that population reduction is a good thing and that Bill Gates and Merck's are only making and pushing vaccines to prevent the spread of infectious diseases because they care so much about all those starving, sicking third world countries that we also feed toxic GMOs to. So let's take a real close look, an inside look at the real research and statistics and end the worst myths and insidious agendas of biotech, which is the chem-ag companies, the big pharma, the vaccine industry, and the globalists. The companies that manufacture and breed GMOs in laboratories spend millions of dollars to keep them from being labeled, like the Grocery Manufacturers Association. So if GMOs can save a starving world and prevent drought, and improve nutrition, why wouldn't those companies and corporations want a GMO label on everything that contains GMOs? Seriously. Why? Because eating pesticides leads to cancer and dementia. Because carcinogenic pesticides remain in the soil and kill nutrition for years and years and years and years. Because genetically modified soy and genetically modified corn have been implicated in causing horrific cancer tumors in animals. So what more proof do you need than this? The genetically modified pesticides and the toxic herbicides cause chronic kidney and liver damage. So my question is, Are you on the organ transplant waiting list yet? So the warning printed on the flu shot insert says, vaccines have not been tested for safety or efficacy. Yet mandatory vast vaccination for sterilization is underway in the state of California, where the government says that all the little kids have to be vaccinated with all the CDC-recommended vaccines, or else you can't go to private or public school. That includes the MMR vaccine, which causes autism, and a highly controversial human papillomavirus, HPV. In actuality, the flu shot only helps one and a half people out of 100. I mean, do you think that's a sad statistic for something turned medicine? So regarding the spread of viruses and infectious disease, it was thought for years and still is by many today that Dr. Jonas Salk, the god of cult pharmacology, invented the polio vaccine. But He didn't do anything more than just conduct illegal medical experiments on mental patients. And now his whole history has come into question regarding bioethics in general. Salk had nothing to do with the decline in in mortality from infectious diseases whatsoever, including polio. 
if you go to truthwiki.org, they have the whole story. And so does the film Vax, which is by far the biggest and the bestest whistleblowing medical documentary ever released. It's a hard one to swallow, but it's true. Global warming is a depopulation scheme meant to convince the masses, masses that we need fewer people on Earth in order for the rest of us to survive. So the globalists and the elitists, all like Hitler, have one thing in common. They want or wanted to get rid of everyone who is not either one of them or a slave to them. So let me give you how the U.S. average temperature measured and reported from the last century, from 1915 to 2015. The average temperature over 100 years actually decreased from 53.3 to 53.1 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, so that's two-tenths of one degree. Still, at the climate change, all the climate change alarmists want to enslave humanity and kill the rest of us, but always for the greater good. So absolutely, we all need to reduce pollution and our carbon footprint. And we all need to try to eliminate toxic pesticides from agriculture. And we all need to stop injecting mercury, formaldehyde, MSG, and aluminum into our muscle tissue in the name of infectious disease control. But let's not get ballistic and perpetuate the propaganda that was created by Hitler and his mad psycho 75 years ago. You see, <clears throat> there's guys out there that they, they, they don't want you and me to be around. I'm serious. They, they, don't want, they don't want us to be around because <clears throat> who are we? We ain't nothing to them. We're just a, you know, a zit on the planet. Squeeze it. Get rid of it. That makes more for the elite. Well, who cares about the common people? Well, with the let them just rotten die, for Christ's sake. So that's what they're trying to do, reduce the population. So instead, we have the pharmaceutical industry, the big food companies, the grocery manufacturers association, the fast food industry, the cattlemen's association, the, the animal slaughter industry that is, that is taking all these horrific, horrific chemicals and pesticides and growth hormones and you name it and putting them in the animals just to get them to get fatter faster so they can make more money. And then they're going and they're cutting down all the rainforests in the world so they can have more grazing land for the animals so they have a place to make believe that they're eating. And the planet's going to hell in the handbasket. So what do you do? You have to make a change. I already made my change. You got to make a change. You got to change your diet. You got to get away from all the crap 
that they're putting on you. And you need to go on an organic, plant-based diet. Now, do I know that there's bad stuff in organic? Yes. Do I know that Costco just recalled uh, an enormous amount of frozen organic vegetables? Yes. Why is that? Because the fields are being sprayed because the GMOs are being sprayed on organics before they're harvested to just speed up the harvesting program. So no matter what they do, they're trying to make you sick. They're trying to kill you. If you go on a plant-based diet that's all organic and you center your diet around fresh foods, organic, fresh vegetables, organic, fresh grains as organic as you can get and not refined, but all whole grains, you're going to find that your health is going to change. Oh, yeah, you might feel like crap in the beginning because your tongue is going to give you this incredible resistance and you're going to go through a detox process just like you do with your organic sulfur, which removes all heavy metals, all toxins, all radiation, all fluoride, all pesticides, everything. And then all of a sudden when it passes, just like that lady did from the article, Forks Over Knives, you're going to feel like a different person. And you're going to say, why was this kept from me for so long? Why, why did they keep that back? Why didn't they tell me? Why doesn't anybody tell me? Because they don't make money if you do that. You are a dollar bill. That's how the big industries see you. Only as a dollar bill. <clears throat> and for as long as you're walking, and for as long as you are breathing, you are nothing more than a dollar bill. So why don't you keep that dollar bill in your pocket and instead of using it for medicine and doctor visits and buying crap food and whatever, why don't you redirect it for a month like that lady did? She did a test for a month. Why don't you just go plant-based, all organic, all, all whole grains for one month? Cut out all the processed foods, cut out all the chips, cut out all the candies, except for maybe dark chocolate that you can get from Way, W-E-I, of chocolate.com, and see what happens. What is one freaking month out of your life? And after that month takes place, and you find that you are a different person, you have so much more energy, you lost some weight, you don't have health problems, you don't have to take meds anymore. It's, it's like the biggest relief you can ever, 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 ever imagine and hope for. Because you ain't going to get it from the pharmaceuticals 
You ain't going to get it from the grocery manufacturers, and you're not going to get it from the big food company. It just doesn't work that way. So all I can do is point it out to you, man. I'm leading your horse to water, but I can't make you drink. If you want to read more, go to www.asanediet.com and read parts of my book, A Sane Diet for an Insane World. Well, George Poo is doing this thing. And I don't have too much time, but understand that I am just trying to give you proof. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not trying to hawk your money. You want to buy sulfur, you buy it. Want to buy a same diet for an insane world, you buy it. It's only going to help you because you're not going to get the information. And let me tell you one quick thing about a same diet for an insane world. In Hawaii, all the local news stations have morning programs and they interview local authors. They would not interview me or my book because my book goes against their advertising dollars and that's a no-no. Anyway, I got to go. We'll let George do his thing. And uh, God willing, I'll catch you all next week. Aloha. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. 
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Tuesday. It is May 31st, 2016. Last day of May. Going to be heading into June tomorrow. And it's, let's see, it's about eight and a half minutes after noon Pacific time. If that's when it is where you're at, we are live. And that means you can participate in the show. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number that will get you on the line. You will be on the air. You get to voice your opinion or pass on your information. Uh, you can also participate by going to the chat room located at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. All right, let's see. Oh, yeah, oh, Yahoo Instant Messenger seems to be working today, and uh, you can contact me through that. A-V-R-N Talk is my screen name. And uh, also, uh, all the information you need to contact us is on the website. All right, it is Tuesday, and that means, that's right, it is time for the lightning round, and we got Al from Colorado here. Welcome, Al. Maybe we don't have Al from Colorado here. Hang on. Oh, yeah, we don't have Al from Colorado here. I wonder what that deal is with that. You know, today I actually didn't forget to dial Al, and, uh, you know, I'm wondering what, what's the deal here. Uh, we'll see if Al is with us now. Hello, Al. Oh, fine. Again, yes, a wonderful phone cut out on me when you rang me the first time. Oh, well, you're here now. Yes, I is. All right, Al, so let's get started with Glenn Beck. Oh, what about that idiot now? What about him? <laughs> You haven't. Did I miss something on Sludge or something? Because uh, I think you to... did. I think you did. You must. He must have. need to go to the funny farm, Frank. I think is what you're trying to tell me. Well, you know, this time, look, Beck is nuts. Okay, he's he's oh, got some serious no. problems, right? And, and yeah, okay, so he's on Sirius XM, right? Yeah. And he has a guest on, and they start talking hypothetically. All right. Yeah. And they are talking hypothetically. I mean, I read the thing, and it's like, yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. Oh, is this about doing something nasty to the Donald? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, that's old, old news. That's like a week or two ago already, Frank. Oh, no, no, no. No, he just got suspended from... uh, Serious? <laughs> yeah, Serious Radio. Uh, well, it's yesterday. about time. You know, well, you know what, I, I'm... Look... 
I am no fan of Glenn Beck, and I wouldn't even tune in to listen to him, okay? That makes two of us. And from a business point of view, yeah, you know what? Uh, although there's morons out there that love Glenn Beck, okay? So, you know, I don't know what to say. And yeah, there's morons that love Hitlery too, so what else is new? Well, and those morons got money, and that's what SiriusXM is concerned about. So, you know, I mean, from a business point of view, I don't know if it pays to keep them or get rid of them or what, but... I, I, you know, look, this is not the first time Glenn Beck has, I mean, he's come straight out and say it, said it in, in, in presentation. Well, he said something about wanting to stab the Donald, too, before this even. Oh, I yeah, think. yeah, but he has done this on, you know, his own, like, when he's speaking in front of crowds and stuff, right? This is the first time, I guess, he's done it on XM, and they said, ha, not here, buddy. Hey, you're done, kid. Well, at, although... You know, I, and I think a lot has to do with what he has said in the past, because really, it, for one, it wasn't really Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck was kind of agreeing, but he had this guest on named Thor. No, uh, another idiot. <laughs> this is what he well, said. You know what? If Glenn Beck had directed his marks toward Hitler, I would have said, go, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Uh, the thing is, look, if Glenn Beck wants to kill Donald Trump, what do I care? You know, go ahead, try it, Glenn. Yeah, you, you know, see where it's going to get you, don't you? <laughs> go ahead and try. You know, it's going to get you a nice lead sandwich is what it's going to get you, well, right in yeah, the middle of the I forehead, think, probably. I don't think Glenn Beck, you know, could get out of his chair, you know, to do anything. I don't think he could beat me up, okay? I don't think he could beat anybody up. I don't think he could beat a guy in a wheelchair up. Okay? I don't so, think he could beat the uh, the studio cat I don't up. think he's beating, uh, I don't think he's killing Donald Trump, so who cares what he says? You know, the thing is, who cares what anybody says? If you want to, uh, you know, oh, I hate somebody and I'd like to kill him. Okay, so what? You know, so what? You know, it's okay for the government to say that. Well, well, you know, we'll just Oh, but you and I can't team. say that, can we, though? <laughs> we'll they can say it, Frank, but we can't say nothing. Nothing to see here, Frank. Move along. Now, listen to this, though, Al, because, you know, look, if they came straight out and said, listen, we are advocating the death of, you know, whatever, that's not what they... Okay, here's the guest. He says... He is a danger to America, and I got to ask you a question, and this is serious, and this could ring down incredible heat on me because I'm about to suggest, see, this is where the guy went, oh, wait a minute, you're suggesting? That's not hypothetical anymore, see? No, for, no, no, no. See, for an author who knows what he's saying... He should have been a little smarter in the way way he said it. Because yeah, he, he said, should have couched his words in a different uh, format. As well, now, right. but I'm about to suggest something very bad. It is a hypothetical, and I'm going to ask as a thriller writer. But you see, you can't say I'm suggesting and it's hypothetical in the same can't sentence. Can't be both. You see, it's not making any sense. Can't be a dog and a cat is what you're saying, Frank. Well, and at that point, what you're doing is you're giving Sirius an opportunity to knock you off the air. Okay? Instead of just saying, listen, this is a complete hypothetical thing. Let's just say there's a presidential candidate, right? Yeah. And you don't mention anybody's name. But for one, he says he is a danger. He is identifying who. He's saying he suggests it. So, you know, this, in, in, okay, in fairness to Sirius, this is, I think, what they're relying on, right? And then uh-huh. he goes, listen, with the feckless, whatever that means, I, he's an author, though, you know, that they're allowed to have I have to look up that word feckless. I've heard that term, but I don't really know what it means. Either. No, and I would never that. use it myself because it just sounds 
stupid, but it's I mean, you know, ridiculous anyway. You know, I mean, but you know, these writers are allowed to have dictionaries, so this is what happens. Well, anyway, whatever. So, spineless Congress we have, who will stand in the way of Donald Trump overstepping his constitutional authority as president. See, this is not hypothetical anymore. Look who's overstepping his constitutional well, authority, Barry. Exactly. Barry, you think Barry is overstepping his authority, huh? If Congress won't remove him from office, what patriot will step up and do that if, if he oversteps his mandate as president, his constitutionally granted authority, I should say, as president? If he oversteps that how do we get him out of office? And I don't think there is a legal means available. I think it will be terrible, terrible position the American people will be in to get Trump out of office because you won't be able to do it through Congress. Then Beck says, I would agree with you on that, and I don't think you actually have the voices where we've been talking about, and we've been talking about this on and off air for a while. I think the voices like ours go away, which Beck isn't making any sense here to me. I don't know what he's saying. I don't think well, we are. I don't allowed. know either. I think he's being careful of what he says because if he agrees uh, automatically, he's there. He's definitely he's already gotten a visit from the Secret Service. Well, he once, said, I, "I would agree." I mean, he said that the first word he said. It doesn't matter what he well, said. Well, then, <laughs> uh, then he's stuck his foot in his mouth, and he deserves a visit from the Secret Service. Well, then. yeah, and, and I don't think we are allowed, especially if things. And I believe the economy is going to get. You see, he doesn't make any sense in anything he said there. But now look. No, I don't waste my time with him. Now it's, here's the thing, no though. But, to him. And I find this dangerous, and and I and I find it distasteful for me to have to defend Glenn Beck, but I do. Uh, listen, I just I I I've never. Well, I can't say never because when Glenn Beck first came on Fox News, I watched him a few times, and I, I thought, hey man, this guy is. Uh, you know, this is this is different than... Uh, First time I watched him, he said a few things I absolutely disagreed with, and I was ready to punch him through the screen, so don't feel bad. <laughs> was that the first few times, or was the that after a while? The first few times I ever heard him, yeah. yeah. Well, the he thing is, though, now, garbage. Here's, here's the problem. For one, there's no direct threat here, and yeah, they're, they're, they're milling around the idea about assassinating Donald Trump as president, but... For one thing, he's not president yet, okay? That's right. So they're not talking about Donald Trump now. They're talking about Donald Trump as president. If he gets in or when he gets in. Which he isn't, okay? So this is like talking about, well, you know, if I could go back in time, I would kill Hitler. Uh-oh, we're going to have to arrest Frank for, uh, you know... Uh, no, I don't think so. No, no, no you are. You're going to have guy. to, under these ideas, you're going to have to uh, arrest me for... Oh, uh, this is political correctness now, even though the guy's dead and he was a, ba uh, you know, a, a bad boy. Uh, we can't say that. Hitler now, doesn't Bill. exist right now, okay? He's gone, absolutely. But I must be arrested for threatening to murder him, because I... I did. I threatened to murder Hitler. If he lived right now, I would murder him. See, that is, uh-oh, that's a murder threat. Uh-oh, uh that's a no-no, Frank. But, that's but politically incorrect, uh, correct, Frank. Adolf Hitler that. does not exist right now, okay? Yeah. Well, President Donald Trump does not exist right now either. That is correct. You know, so they were talking about what if, what if, what if. Okay, yeah. what if. Mm -hmm. Now, and, and I, so I think Sirius is wrong. Now, a warning? Yeah. If I was running Sirius, I'd say, listen, Beck, 
You know, knock it off with this. Watch your mouth. Knock it off with this assassination talk, okay? You want to mm-hmm. talk about, you know, uh, uh, hanging people for treason? That's one thing. You mm-hmm. know, because that indicates that, okay, so if you're hanging somebody for treason, we're assuming they had a trial and all that, right? So, and then, right. you know, you're found mm-hmm. guilty and you get hanged. That's the, that's the punishment. It's like, hey, killing murderers. You know, nobody talks about, oh, you can't talk about executing murderers. Uh, yes, you can. That's the punishment for that Absolutely. crime. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, but the thing, so I think XM Sirius is wrong, and they're, they are being politically correct, and they're going, oh, yeah. gosh, you know, you got too much political correctness. Now, on the other hand, though, I'll go back to what you mentioned, and I'd like to wonder why Beck spends all this time talking about killing Trump and not killing Obama. No, I think it should be Hitlery. If he's going to talk about anybody, if I want to see if somebody does something to Hitlery, I won't cry. Let's put well, it now, that wait way. a minute. He is a danger to America. So oh, was Hitlery. Hitlery Obama, and Obama are both no, dangerous no, 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 to no, no, America. No. See, here's the point. Hillary's not president either. Neither is Trump. But Obama is. Is he a danger to America? I would say he's done a lot of damage. Absolutely. Well, damage, danger. I, I'd say that's. Okay. Whatever you want to say, call okay. it a rose a rose or whatever. He's so, he's he's been he's been very bad for the country, Frank. If you want to sum it up, okay? do we have a spineless Congress who has not yes. stood in the way of Obama? Absolutely. Do we have Obama overstepping his constitutional authority as president? Does a bear go potty in the woods? Has Congress removed him from office? Absolutely not. Well, you see now, okay, so why is Beck talking about Trump like this and not Obama? Well, he must be an Obama lover. That's why. Otherwise, if he wasn't an Obama lover, he'd be bashing Barry, probably. This is what I'm wondering here is, where, where, what is Beck actually? What does he, is he, is he actually a globalist shill? He's a somebody, but he's definitely he's definitely a Barry lover because he hasn't spoken out against Barry that I know of, unless you've heard something. In well, play. you know, I mean, he's criticized his policies and stuff, but he's never come straight out that I know of and said we should kill, you know, Barack Obama. I've never heard Beck say that. Well, and I'll tell you not? what, if he, say, if he says that, he will definitely get a visit from the Secret I mean, Service. I've never heard him say, we. you know, if I ever got close to Obama, I'd stab him. Well, he can't do that, Frank, because he'll get a visit is what well, I'm trying to tell Well, he got a visit when he said it about Trump, too. Well, then he should get a visit from anybody. I don't but he really doesn't, care about but that. My point is he doesn't say it about Obama. That's correct. I he, agree. He wants to stab Trump, but he doesn't want to stab Obama. Now, as yeah, far well, as that's... I can figure, Obama has done far more damage to this country than Trump has. Trump hasn't done any damage that I can see at all. If you know something, let me know. I haven't seen where <laughs> well, he's yeah. Not yet. Let's hey. put it this way. Not yet. Oh, that's it. Not yet. I mean, he has the potential. Any president does. But you know what? Oh, absolutely. You know what? Trump Remember Ronald Reagan? Because he wasn't president. He's not president yet. Now, let's see what he does if he gets in. Or Remember when he gets Ronald in. Reagan? Now, I, I, I am not a fan of Ronald Reagan, and I believe the mess we're in was started by Ronald Reagan and his policies which obviously were not his policies. He wasn't really the president and all that, but he, you know, he stood up. Danny Bush was running the show. Reagan Reagan gets all the credit so he can take all the blame too then. But the thing is, 
when before he got in there, the same thing they were saying almost the same things about Reagan as as Trump. Oh, he's going to cause World War Three. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And he didn't do any of those things. All he did was give the corporate bankers everything they ever wanted in their wet dreams. That's all. Oh yeah, Reagan he fired the he fired the air traffic controllers too. Remember that he oh, fired yeah. the air. Which I was I was for that. You know, because I'm against unions, to tell you the truth. Uh, I don't you know, like anything to do with unions. Hey, but guess what, Al? What? We have a caller. We got a caller. We do. Go ahead, caller. We do. Well, hello. This is Crystal Laramore. Hello, with Crystal. With the Damn Good Times newspaper. Well, hi there. Hi. How are y'all doing? Good. You're on the air. What what What's on your mind? Uh, the movie Amerigeddon. Okay. Oh yeah, I want to see that. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it. Have Have you guys seen the trailer? Did you see the trailer, I've Frank? I've seen the trailer, but I haven't stuff? seen the movie. I have not yet. Well, you need to see the movie. It's playing in um, Arizona and Paragold. Oh, no, sorry, my bad. Paragold, Arkansas, on June the tenth. That's well, a little far in Arkansas. Everybody go. <laughs> I live in Oregon, so that's a little bit. And of, I'm in uh, Colorado, so I guess guess what? I'm a little oh, far away. Oh, you're in Colorado? That is really good news. We're going to be opening in Colorado, I think, on June the 26th. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, I'll that's great news. What they already Colorado? showed it once in Colorado. They had a single showing here, but uh, I didn't get to get down to see it. In Colorado Springs? Uh, I think it was the Springs or in Denver, one of the two, or Westminster, one of the two. Something. I think in one of the suburbs they had a showing. Ah, very good. Is this like okay, gray well, space? So tell me, remember so, the, okay, are you listen, familiar listen, with the, are you familiar with the Okay, wait a minute. We're on the radio, so tell us what this movie's about. Well, it is um about what's happening in America right now. It's a of course it's not a true show, but it could be a true show. It's a I feel like it's a must see for every red blooded American patriot and prepper out there. And all the situations in the movie that are shown are based on fact, like what would happen if an EMP hit? What would happen if the United Nations took over our military? What would happen if the electric, uh, if there was a, if our electric grid failed in, in whichever state that we're in? Um, and it's just, what, what's going to happen? It's kind of like that one second after book, you know, what will happen? Here, Here's what can happen. Now, how are you going to be prepared to handle that situation. Like, uh, the grace, it's similar to the gray state, which never got respected. Kind of like a, docu- a docudrama, because it, it's kind of putting out facts that are ex- in existence in a fictional setting. That's right. Mm-hmm. Very similar to it's, the gray state. The gray state. It's, um, I went and saw it in a theater in Houston, and my heart was racing because it's like, that's all the stuff that I'm preparing for are all of those situations, and I've just heard about it. You know, I have a a long history. uh, My family has a long history serving in the military um, in every branch of service, anything from a a grunt marine all the way to a general. And this is my whole family prepares. You know, I've got family members that wake up first thing every morning and check to see if there's been an EMP. They're on ranches in different parts of the United States, and they have solar power, and they have water wells, and they're, you know, got food in the freezer, and they have generators, and they're prepared. That's basically what you're saying. They're off the grid. 
Absolutely. And so I have just started in the last year and a half preparing, slowly getting myself in, situated to where something like that happened. I could be Well, girl, you got a little late care. start, didn't you? What was the I hold did. Up? What was the hold up there, huh? I know. And then I saw the movie and it was like, it was a movie about my life and my friend's life. And my, and, and there's so many people who are walking through life with their eyes closed that they just can't see it. And I really am so passionate about this movie that I want everyone to see this. Well, I definitely well, want to let see me it. Ask and you, I, hope let they, me, and I hope they release the gray state too, because the gray state never got released. The, uh, the uh, guy who directed it or put it on, he was murdered. Let me ask you something. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> the me... guy who did the gray state was murdered. It never made it to the theaters. <laughs> oh, what? Well, let me, let me ask you something. Is this movie, would you say this movie is more geared to uh, uh, encourage the people that are already prepping, or is it more geared to wake up the people that aren't? Yes and yes. I was encouraged by it, and, I, and I'm moving that way. And I took a friend who never even thought of it, didn't know what an EMP was when they said EMP, and I explained it. She's like, oh, and, and it started awakening her senses. Oh, okay. So yes and yes. Well, that's good. That's a good thing because, you know, I mean, people who are already preparing, I mean, it's nice to be encouraged, and we can all pat each other on the back and sing Kumbaya together, but the mm -hmm. bottom line is, we are a real small minority. I mean, even though there's more mm -hmm. and more people doing it now, I've, I've, been, mm -hmm. I've been at this 25 years, and... and I've been you know, doing it even longer. You know, less people right. less people these days are, are shaking their head and calling me a nut, my tinfoil hat's on too tight. Absolutely. You know, that. you know, now I get, instead of that, I get... Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody goes, yeah, man, that's right. But they, they at least they nod their head kind of like, yeah, well, you know, you could you could be on to something there. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you know, well, the people well, in the major it's been a real big change. But those are the people that really need to, they need the information. They need to mm -hmm. recognize that this is a real threat and that there is something they can do about it rather than just sit around and figure that, oh, well, you know, it'll be okay because the FEMA people will right. come and help me when it's yeah, all sure. you know, <laughs> done. Right. Yeah, you well, see how good well, FEMA works out, with the Katrina. Right. And, and, and the way that I look at it is the more people that we collectively as a community in our mindset, the more people that we educate – the less of them that will be coming after our stuff. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That. I know. mean, you know, I'm I'm trying to find where where on the tippy top of a mountain can I put my little uh, hidey hole so that I don't have a bunch of people coming after what I have worked to create. You don't want to be in a major city. Let's put it that way: New York, Chicago, L.A., Houston, whatever. No, no, absolutely no, not. I not even a major city because that's going to be fun and games time when the electric goes out. Well, that is one thing people need running. to ask themselves. Would you, re you know, when you think about, well, should I talk to my, you know, should I talk to people in my neighborhood? Should I? And that doesn't mean you tell them, hey, man, I've got all this stuff all piled up. You and don't you tell anybody too. anything. You just talk to people and try to get right. them encouraged to do the same thing because you've got to ask mm -hmm. yourself, would you rather be surrounded by people who are starving and desperate or people who are self-reliant? Mm -hmm. So that's a real hard one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, I mean, because that's the choice. Well, we yeah. are at break time, so I'd like to thank you for calling in. Okay. And uh, thank you very much. Definitely, and, will encourage um, people to see the uh, 
see the trailer and go see the movie if it's in their uh, area, and mm-hmm. you will contact us when it becomes available, like on DVD mm-hmm. or on the internet or something, right? Yeah, well, yep. we want to get you know we want to get butts and seats on June the tenth in Arkansas. So you'll call me offline when you finish your radio show, right? Sure. Okay. Bye, Frank. Bye-bye. Thank you. Amerigettenthemovie dot com. All right. Go to the website, folks, and uh, we'll be back in just a few.
donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's still Tuesday, May 31st, 2016, about 12.41 and a half out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live, 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980. You can also go to the chat room, theamericanvoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. You will see the chat link over on the left-hand side. Click it. Pick a name. Pick a password. You're in there. All right. It is Tuesday, as I mentioned. That means we got Al from Colorado here for the lightning round. Welcome back, Al. Yes. Now we're all done with Glenn Dreck. Yep. Let's get on to the serious stuff, Frank. Oh, that's a, that, is that a pun? Yeah. No, serious, not really. Serious radio. Glenn Beck. Get it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. See, you're more clever. Well, than let's see. Do. Let's see what happens if the FBI is going to blow the whistle on Hitler, because they say if uh, Loretta Lynch mob doesn't indict her, they're going to blow the whistle. But I haven't seen anything yet, so I'm not holding my breath. Well, I don't know. Have they have they given their recommendation yet? Uh, several times. Well, no. I mean, they're recomm- I mean, have they? They've already told Loretta Lynch mob they have enough. Uh, yeah, told, uh, uh, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. Media telling and all this, you know, stuff. These little reports. Have they? I don't know this. See, I'm asking. Have they submitted their official recommendations to the Justice I believe Department? they have. If I'm wrong, I'll stand corrected. I don't but think I believe they have them. yet. Uh, myself. Well, if they haven't, then they haven't. But I think I'm they're telling you what I've read. Okay, I think they get they're ready to, and I read that too. And and nowhere in there they're saying if and when and if and when and if and when. And it's like, well, okay, it's like Glenn Beck, you know, if and when and if and when. It's like, okay, well, fine. But where is it? Where is your? I don't. Well, let's put it on? this way: the fat lady hasn't sung, so until the fat lady sings, Frank, nothing is happening right you know, now. And, and, all... and what they're talking about? They're not talking about the official FBI run by Comey, because Comey is in the pocket of these Democrats. Okay, uh, Comey's on his knees in Obama's office, man. This guy is not uh, an honest man. All well, right? then he's not. Then he's worthless too. What like they're the talking about them. is the actual investigators that did the work and saw the evidence and said, holy smokes, this woman should be in prison, right? Yeah. And then they submit this to their boss, and then they submit it to the Justice Department, and they're saying if she doesn't do something about this, we're going to just go to the news media and we're going to tell everybody. I hope they do. I wish they would already. Instead of fooling around, they, they, this was supposed to have been done back in March. Well, and everybody the beginning needs, of March or the end of March, first of April, this was supposed to have happened. Everybody already. needs to understand, if these people do this, they will lose their jobs. They don't care, though. Well, you know what, though? They said they're going to resign. If she, the people who are doing the investigation says if she doesn't indict them, they're going to resign. Well, they're going to have to because it's either resign or be fired. Because if you think you're going to go on the news and start going, well, okay, look, this is why this is the evidence and lynch mob ain't doing it. And, uh, well, know, why isn't the uh, mainstream news prostitutes? They should be screaming at lynch mob, too. Well, I said should be, should be. I said I not think a lot of what? this is timing. Uh, I mean, honestly. I can't see them waiting until the convention, Frank. I think we're getting closer and closer to the convention. This is June already tomorrow, June and July. We're six weeks away from the convention. That's getting close, Frank. Okay. You know, 
people aren't going to probably like this because everybody wants to see this show on the road, right? With uh, let's get this indictment going. Let's get her. in. Yeah, no kidding. We've all been waiting for it. Well, I, I understand that. But from a tactical position here, myself, if I was against Hillary Clinton and I had this information, I would wait until after the convention. Because, Al, the bottom line is, she owns the Democratic Party, and she is going to be... Oh, well, we already know Bernie's been wasting his time. That's all. We don't well, care I don't that Bernie's been wasting his time because he's really done a lot to damage Hillary Clinton. He's done a lot to split the Democratic Party. Remember, yeah. what, three months ago, nobody would have, everybody would have said, oh, man, let me tell you, boy, that Republican convention is going to be a circus in Cleveland. Man, that is going to be the show. Of the Not country. anymore. I don't think so anymore. No, now the Democratic convention is going to be the show of the century. Oh, yeah. Well, the Donald's got his sewed up already. He's got the delegates already. How how are they going to, wait, Frank, how are they going to sabotage Donald at the convention? Are they going to throw a third-party candidate in? What they're going to do is they're going to have riots outside, and they're going to burn down the neighborhood, and they're going to do all that. Oh, so they'll burn the city to the ground, and let's uh, let's get the popcorn ready. You know, that's what they'll do there, but he's going to be the nominee, because the bottom line is this. this. He's got the delegates. Now, people can say, well, Hillary Clinton's got the delegates, too. Well, you know what's funny is Donald Trump has hit the delegate mark before she did. Absolutely. Now, the thing is, though, he hit the delegate mark, and... He has no competitors even near him. He never has. No. He's always... Everybody's gone anyway. Rubio, Cruz, they're all gone. He's And even when they weren't gone, he was always 20 points ahead. Okay? This well, Frank, was, the whole thing can be over in one day in Cleveland. It can no. be over in one day. Give him his nomination and everybody goes home and goodbye. We don't need to spend three or four days in Cleveland anymore, do we, Frank? enough drinking and whoring. Al, oh, you know, watch your language, Frank. For like, you know, what do you think these delegates are there for? They're not there to vote. They're there. Well, to party, they don't man. care anyway. I don't care about them either because they're not they're not costing me or you any money out of our pocket. So no, I don't no, care no, what the they corporations do. are paying for them. But the thing is, you know, the thing here's the thing. Okay, so here's Trump. He's got the delegates. There's nobody even close within 20 points. Now here's Hillary. She still doesn't have the. She won't have the delegates until California, and she better win California. Oh, that's that. a week from. That's a week from tomorrow, or a week from whenever, Frank, or a week from now. A week from now, I think seventh, the June seventh. Seventh, yeah, the seventh, a week from today. Thing is, and what happens if Hillary doesn't get the delegates in California? Then it gets interesting, doesn't it, well, Frank? Still a couple more states, I think, after that, but not many. And uh, you know, the thing is, she's probably going to get the delegates. However, well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Bernie will win California, and then they'll figure a way to give her more delegates than him, just like they did with the last <laughs> oh, one yeah. that she was in, where he but, won more. But the he, thing is, though, Al, whatever the delegates are, Bernie Sanders, he may lose, but he's only going to lose by a few percentage points. Okay? The okay. Democratic Party is pretty much split 50-50. I mean, it's not even 55-45. It's closer than that, okay? Like 51-49 or something Eh, like that? It's a little more than that, but less than the other. But, you know, it's close. 
Mm-hmm. And they're going to go into their convention, man. And, you know, the Clinton machine has basically said, you know, Bernie Sanders ain't going to have nothing to say at the convention. And it's like, oh, really? Somebody who got. Well, he's not going to be allowed to talk. Oh, somebody who, somebody who got like almost, you know, like 45% of the Democratic primary voters. You're not going to let him speak at the Democratic convention? Really? Boy, I'll tell you what. I think somebody should be burning that place to the ground, too, along with Hitlery. And their convention's happening in the city of brotherly love, which is known for Philadelphia? Yeah, which is known for their love. Oh, yes. You know, when things don't Riotville. go... Riotville. Oh, you mean yeah. Riotville, USA. Is that what you're saying, Frank? Yeah, when things don't go their way in Philadelphia... Uh, oh, they, they do, get a little upset, huh? They do burn the place down. Well, okay. good. Let them burn them both down. They can burn Cleveland down and... Because, uh, I, like I told you, I happen to like Cleveland. Yeah, I don't mind. You know, I didn't mind Cleveland. Now, Philadelphia has... Listen, Philadelphia has some real historic sites. Yeah. But other than that, Philadelphia's a pit. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's just it's it's not a good. They should have moved it to Pittsburgh. Is where they should have moved it. Now you really want to talk about Grimeville? <laughs> yeah, but sorry about that, Pittsburgh. The thing fan. is, though, man, it's uh, uh you know, it's going to be it's turn it's completely switched to where the Democratic convention is really going to be the thing to watch, man. Now, have you seen this 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 article here? Which 50- one is this? Fifty percent of Democrats say Clinton should keep running even if she is indicted. Oh, boy, they got to be stupid. <laughs> well, you know what's going to probably happen? It'll, we don't know when the FBI is oh. going to blow the whistle, but I look at it this way. I think they should blow the whistle because I'm reading that they're going to get rid of Hitlery. They're going to have Bernie in there, and then Broadway Joe is going to come in, and they're going to get rid of Bernie. This is what I'm hearing now, so who knows? Well, okay, I was wrong. It's not 50% of Democratic voters. It's 50% of all likely voters that they called, right? Now, hey, if I'm a Republican, I understand why they say, yeah, sure, she should keep running. You know, I mean, who's going to vote for an indictment? Well, you know, the way I minute. see it, Frank, Donald <laughs> can beat all three of them. He can beat Hitler, sure. he can beat Bernie, he can beat, Bi- he can beat Biden. Now, listen, okay? though, it, it's even worse. I, I really, you know, 50%, no. you know, but really, among Democratic voters, do you have any idea what the number is? No idea. 71%. Say she should keep running even if she's indicted. Yes. I think what they should do is not only should they indict her, they should throw her in jail immediately, even though the indictment, you know, even though she hasn't been tried, she should be held for well, trial. Well, make, make her bail out. Make her spend some money. And, Absolutely. And, and, by, and by the way, I wouldn't even give her bail because, hey, you're definitely a flight risk. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got all kinds of connections all around. Wait the world. a minute. Give me that. Did passport. you see what Hitler made in two years? Two hundred and something million, or is it twenty-seven million dollars in two years? Twenty-seven million for talking. Well, that's what happens when you're dead broke. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill says he's got bills to pay. He's got to. He's got to pay bills. Yeah. Well, there's all the prostitutes, you know, and yeah. Uh, and how come Billery isn't in jail for raping those women? Well, see, it's not rape. Well, him and Bill Cosby, ought to, the two Bills ought to share a cell together. What do you say, Frank? Well, you know, I listen, I, uh, I have mixed feelings 
about both of them because, look, this is not – okay, if Bill and Bill go to prison, so should all the women that, that were there, you know, doing the nasty with him. Because Why you know did they wait so long to bring it out is the bigger question. Well, yeah, and, and why did they do it in the first place? I mean, come on, you know, here we go. Is Bill Cosby uh, and Bill Clinton excessively attractive? I don't think not so. Not really. You know, not the thing really. is what's excessively attractive is power and possibilities of profit for these women, okay? Oh, I'm an actress, and I'm going to go boink Bill Cosby because I think he can get me a job. Oh, ah, Bill Clinton, President of the United States, I'm going to go boink him. I bet I can get a job on, you know, uh, in, you know the, in Congress or something or in the administration. These chicks didn't do this for no reason, okay? They didn't cush up to Bill Clinton for no reason. If Bill Clinton even talked to me, I'd spit in his face. Okay, you know yeah. what? And, 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 you know, if these women had any sense, they would have done the same thing. But yeah, as far didn't. as I'm concerned, Bill, Bill and Hillary both got deserving of a bullet. You know, it's like, it's like say. Mike Tyson, oh, raping the girl in his hotel room. How'd she get in his hotel room? What did she did go he, up there for did, then at did, 2 o'clock Did he in grab the her off the street and drag her up the stairs to his hotel room? No, she went of so. her own free will. You see, so, look, that activity is wrong. But it's wrong on both ends, man. You can't play with fire and then complain when you burn your fingers. Okay? Can't have your cake and eat it, too, is what you're trying to say, Frank. Well, that's right. That's right. You know, so, you know, this is just everybody involved should go to jail if anybody goes to jail. Okay, no. that's what I think. But the, throw the whole lot of them in jail. Yeah, we got time to talk about the deal with the gorilla. We got five minutes left sure, here. sure. The what? idiot parents who let the kid go into that enclosure. How come the zoo didn't have that enclosure uh, 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 cordoned off the way it should have been? How did that kid get down there with that gorilla? I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, there's you know. stupidity. There's stupidity on all sides, and I think the parents need to go to jail. Uh, yeah, I think that's the- called uh, that's called child neglect. Well, let your kid, and, and, let and your the, kid go into a zoo enclosure. And the zoo needs to be sued because what? What kind of effect? Listen, you know what? Uh, I have a chicken coop outside here. Okay? Yeah. And, and I yeah, have, but your chickens aren't dangerous, though, And I Frank. have a chicken enclosure, okay, where they can go outside and they're fenced in, right? Right, yeah. I, you know what, Al? You could put a four-year-old out there all day long, and he is not getting in that chicken area. Well, you've got it properly enclosed, Frank, it's, and the zoo didn't have a proper it, enclosure. It's chickens, Al, and I you can't get in there if you're a four-year-old. Now, I've got a, a gorilla, and I and, and four-year-olds can crawl in there? What, what? What? Something's wrong with that one. Somebody should be asking a lot of questions with that one, Frank. Well, really, I mean, come on now. I mean, how does that even happen? I mean, yes, the mother should have been watching her kid, but the, then uh, on the other hand, the mother should have a reasonable expectation that her kid can't crawl in with the gorilla. That's true, too. Well, the, the blame goes to all the sides. It's not just the mother. And then I have another question. Now, you know, and... You know, look, if that ape was really endangering that kid, then you got to do something. But are you telling me that a zoo does not have tranquilizer guns? What did they say? They didn't think the tranquilizer would work fast enough. That's why they killed him. That was their explanation. The tranquilizer isn't going to knock him out as soon as the dart hits him is what they're trying to say. Oh, well, then they, they have the wrong tranquilizer. 
Well, I don't know what they got, but everybody, everybody on all sides, from what you're telling me, Frank, everybody is to blame on this one. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a it's a real bad situation. Wait a minute. This is the same thing as idiot parents leaving the kid in a hot car and the kid dies because the parents are too stupid. This is no different than that, Frank. Well, it is. It is. And I think that the parents should be uh, put up for, for manslaughter, for being ne- uh, negligent homicide is what it's called. Well, I don't know about that. Maybe child neglect. Uh, and, well, it, and the well zoo. you know what I'm trying to say. Very similar. Similar well, situation. And the, and the zoo should be, you know, they should, ta- they should be held responsible, too. Because oh, absolutely. Man, there is no way a four-year-old should be able to find any way into an ape enclosure. No, there's no way that that kid should have gotten in there. What about the lions and tigers? Can he get in there, too? I mean, for all we know, he probably could. What kind of zoo is this? I mean, you know. I don't know, but that's that's their problem. So so they they got fencing that kids can get into the wild animal cages. They got tranquilizers that don't work. What kind of what kind of incompetence is this? This is oh wait. That's when does incompetence cross the line to neglect? And well, you know, uh, you know, I think no, I think there's a bunch of stupidity in here too. Oh, well sure. I think we should add stupidity to the mix too. Yeah, yeah, well yeah. I mean, I think especially that's... on the part of the mother. Well, yeah, because and know, as I'm... much you are, let's put it this way: let's assume, let's assume that maybe there was a hole in the fence and nobody uh, noticed it, and the kid got in there. Okay, so there's a problem there for the zoo. But the mother not watching the kid, uh-uh. Well, that's true, and there are reports that the kid, before he actually got in there, had made efforts to get in there, and the parents were aware the kid wanted in there. Oh, so and, they let the kid in there? Is what no, no. Me. They, you know, the kid's trying to get in. They stop him, and then well, the then they didn't do anything to stop. But they didn't watch. Well, that's like, neglect. Oh, yeah. well, we told the kid stop, and of course, children always listen. You yeah, know, and the kid, like the kid's going to listen at four years old or three <laughs> years old. They're now saying the kid was only three, not four. Oh, okay. Now well, nevertheless, well, that's even more. That's even more of a reason if the kid was only three to watch the kid even even closer. Well. Why isn't the kid in a stroller? You know, I mean, I don't know. A lot of things, you. Al. But, but Al, we are out of time out there. We will see you next week, Frank. Okay, and we'll see you next see Tuesday, Al. Hey, next we'll Tuesday will be the seventh. Yes, it is. It'll be interesting to see what happens to Hitler. Bye bye. See you next week, folks. I'll see you this evening, and uh, we got a full day coming up. So stay tuned. And as always, thanks for listening. My new never don't like my big red barn. A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotted pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't rattle. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. 
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Adisk, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events. Today is Tuesday, May 31st, 2016. Good afternoon, Al. I'm Melody. Well, as I thought, as I said all last week, we'd most likely see a stronger gold on Monday, as we are seeing today, currently at 1215, up 990. Uh, it was actually much higher earlier in the day. We had a high of twelve nineteen, but right now twelve hundred and fifteen dollars up nine ninety. Silver and eh, had a little pressure on it. Was higher down point oh two at sixteen oh five. You have the platinum up nine nine hundred and eighty. Palladium up five at five hundred and fifty dollars. The USDX day little pressure on that. It reversed itself. It's now up 0.16 at 9585. Crude oil down 0.40. That's crude oil down 0.40 at 4893. 48.93. Paper markets today. Dow reversed itself a little bit. It was down triple digits. Now down 87. 87 at 17,786. The Nasdaq was up 14. At 49.83, the S&P was down two at 2,097. 10-year yield down to 0.03, and the euro 111 down 0.08. There you go, Al. And does that mean that now it's my turn to? To try to think of something 
intelligent, insightful, and interesting to say? Is that what we're doing? No. Oh, okay. uh, I want to report today, American. I will say, Americans are from the government, uh, Commerce Department, uh, information that was released today. I guess consumers are uh, spending rose 1% in April compared to March. Uh, Americans are buying bigger ticket items like refrigerators, roofs, cars, and televisions. Uh, spending on those pricey goods rose 2.2% in April, and cars accounted for the majority of the increase. Um, you know, there's several different reports and stats that follow consumer um, confidence. And um, one was released, and I was following it, and they do vary. But um, this one out of University of Michigan, this is Consumer Spending Index. They show that it shot up nearly 95% in May from 89% in April. American car dealers, they sold a record amount of sedans and minivans last year. Then we sort of saw auto sales flatten out in the beginning of the year. Um, but Americans bought a healthy 7.8 million cars, up from 16.9 million cars in from March. So Americans are buying cars in April. Must be from all those tax refunds um, that they've received. That's probably what it is, Mel. You think so? Well, you know, yeah, they, they barely got so have much to money put any... back from the government. They should refund your money every month. They want to stimulate the economy. Well, they they might have to here shortly. Home Depot, they reported uh, stronger earnings uh, backed by shoppers that are buying appliances, uh, dishwashers, dryers, stoves. Um, items that cost over $900 at Home Depot rose 9.5%. And um, not bad considering the first quarter the economy only grew 0.8%. So, well, anyway, they're expecting the growth to be stronger. Um, for the second quarter. So we'll have to see if any of these numbers actually do um, show a major pickup in the economy. But uh, we all know that auto loans, I mean, it's 0% financing. Again, we're back to subprime. We're back to, you know, the the, the, you know, the risk of loans. There's, you know, not five-year loans anymore, but there's six- and seven-year loans, and a lot of people are leasing. And um, so that keeps your payments lower. Um, there's a lot of discussions that home prices across the U.S. rose sharply in early spring due to rising demand and supply restraints, constraints. And um, you know, it shows that the whole housing market recovery of the past five years is gaining strength. Um, but just last week, I reported on Wells Fargo, uh, 3% down. Um, your FICO score can be 620, then those loans are going to be sold to Fannie Mae. So again, the government is taking the risk, the taxpayers are taking the risk for for uh, keeping the housing market flowing. They need it, so they're, they're going to be giving houses, uh, um, again, subprime. And we saw what happened in 2008. Um, it, it's just another... Another leaf in the breeze that tells you that we're seeing some evidence of some sort of a recovery in the housing market, for example, and in the sale of automobiles. And on the face of it, people can sit back and say, hooray. All right? Good news is good news. <clears throat> but you look a little deeper, and 
realize that nothing's really changed and the fundamentals are still strange, strained, and it does not, you know, it's not apparent that we're going to see a happy ending on this, at least not in the immediate future. An article here from ZeroHedge.com, and the headline is Former Morgan Stanley Chief Asia Economist. Don't listen to the ruling elite. The world economy is in real trouble. Andy G, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. It's X-I-E. I'm going to say G. Uh, the former Morgan Stanley Chief uh, Asia-Pacific Economist says the world's elite uh, are, that are attending the G7, G20, Davos, and other wasteful meetings are wrong in trying to pin the blame for economic turmoil on the people's psychology. All signs point to a prolonged period of global stagnation and instability. A recent, the G, recent G20 uh, working group meeting in Shanghai didn't come up with any constructive proposals for revising the global economy, its first point, which indicates what? They don't have any. They don't know how to make it jump again, right? They can wish, they can hope, they can do that, but there's, but they are out of schlitz. The, the technology and the strategies and the tactics and the theories that they've relied on for decades are apparently no longer functioning accurately. <clears throat> and they are complaining that the recent market turmoil didn't reflect underlying fundamentals in the global economy. Well, I beg to differ. We've got this G20 working group and economists say, hey, it doesn't reflect underlying fundamentals. I think, yeah, it does. We have some serious problems in this world. Again, I don't know how anyone can say that the the economy doesn't reflect underlying fundamentals when we have something like the basalt index, which indicates that the, or Baltic index, excuse me, that indicates that the amount of traffic cargo carried by ships has declined on that index from 12,000 a couple of years ago to less than 500 today. That indicates global economy has collapsed. Where's the fundamental to refute that fundamental, the, the, the Baltic dry index? Um, <clears throat> what else? Uh, they, they point out the oil prices declined by 70% since 2014. The Brazilian real has uh, reduced its value by half. Russian ruble is down 60%. The global economy is on the cusp of another recession. And these important people, meaning the ones at the G20 meeting in Shanghai, they blamed it all on some sort of psychological problems of the people. <clears throat> this is just, this is fascinating to me. We've got these geniuses going to the G20 meeting and say, well, there's something wrong with all these crazy people because they're not taking orders from us. They're not doing what we expect them to do. They're not doing what we predict they'll do. They're not doing what we're telling them to do. So there must be something wrong with the people. They're having some kind of a psychological problem. There's nothing wrong with our theories. There's something wrong with the people, and that's what they're, that's what they're essentially arguing, or at least the, uh, the economist, Andy G. that's what he's apparently arguing. 
Over the past two decades, the world has gone from one crisis to another. People are complaining everywhere. This is due to mismanagement by the very people who attend the G20 meetings, the Davos boondoggle, and so many other global meetings meetings that waste taxpayers' money and put inept leaders in the limelight. One major complaint that people have is that the system is rigged. I, I agree with that 100%. That is, the rising income concentration among the wealthy is not due to free market competition, but a rigged system that favors the politically powerful. And I agree with that 100%. We have a political system that's rigged in this country, that's rigged around the world, and people are aware of it, and they don't like it. And as a result, they are withdrawing their confidence, they're withdrawing their support, and the economists are saying, what's wrong? You, you, you people out there in radio land need to believe us and do as we say. And we're saying, no, you need to believe us and do as we say. And one of the things we say is you need to obey the people's law. Not the government's law, the people's law, which is the Constitution. you got to start paying attention. The government says, oh, forget that. We don't have to obey the Constitution. We're the government. That's for little people. <clears throat> um, the, the, the rigged system, they're complaining the most important factor in the rigged system is monetary policy being used to pump up financial markets in the name of stimulating growth for the people's benefit. That's what they tell you. They said we gave all that money to the Wall Street banks to help you, the little people. Well, it didn't really help any of us very much may help the banks a great deal, but it remains to be seen that it's provided much benefit for the public. In fact, according to this article, the wealth effect has stayed within a small circle of the wealthy. And these people show up at Davos to congratulate policymakers on their successes. But they don't hear from ordinary people, and if they do, they don't pay attention to them. They don't have anything for ordinary people. Wasting resources is an equally important factor in making the global economy weak and prone to crisis. After the 2008 financial crisis, the U.S. government and Federal Reserve spent trillions of dollars to bail out the people who created the crisis. Instead of facing bankruptcy and jail, these people become richer than ever. Predictably, they have used their resources to rig the system further. How do they use their resources? How do the wealthy use their wealth to rig the system further? They use it to bribe congressmen, senators, and even presidents. They give them what they call political campaign contributions, but are nothing more, in fact, than bribes to support particular items of legislation, which the wealthy may draw up on their own, just hand it to congressman. says, here's a check, and here is a bill we want enacted. And the congressman cashes the check and goes ahead and enacts the bill. doesn't even necessarily read the bill. They don't legislate in Congress. They broker laws. Legislation is where you sit down and you talk about it. You say, okay, I think we should do this. Somebody else says, no, it should be that. Somebody else says they have a third alternative. You sit there and you work until you can reach an agreement that satisfies everyone. Or if you can't reach an agreement, you forget it. Wait for another time. But they're not even reading the legislation. And it has been widely and routinely admitted that people in Congress they admit, we don't, read the, we don't read the laws we pass. How do they know what the laws say? And 
why should you and I be subject to laws that they merely broker rather than read? The Supreme Court has ruled time and again that the essence of a law is congressional intent. If they run into segments of the law that are unclear, all right, they're ambiguous. It might mean A, it might mean B. How do they decide what the law really means? They go back into the into the notes and records and the, that were recorded while people were debating what the law should mean. And they look to see, what did, they, what did these guys really mean when they wrote this down? They look for congressional intent. Where is the congressional intent when Congress doesn't read the laws it votes for or against? There is no congressional intent. Their intent is to make a fast buck. And people understand this, and they are becoming increasingly angry about it, and it's not just in this country. It's around the world. This article says political instability will spread around the world. Initially, populists will win. Their policies, unfortunately, will focus on protectionism and rolling back the World Trade Organization system. I don't agree with the author in this regard. I think restoring protectionism is probably a good thing. Rolling back the World Trade Organization system, I believe it's probably a good thing. It certainly has helped ordinary Americans. It might be great for multinational corporations, but it's not good for ordinary Americans. The article goes on. It says, the world is on the cusp of a prolonged period of stagnation and instability. Our ruling elite is blaming it on the people seeing things. And they might be right. But are we seeing illusions or are we starting to see the truth? And he goes on and says their strategy, meaning the, the, uh, the, the rich and the powerful, their strategy is to change people's psychology. They want us to all sit back and sing Kumbaya and happy days are here again. And they will probably succeed in getting some of us to do that. But the truth of the matter is that thanks to the Internet, more than perhaps anything else, People are educating themselves. They are beginning to see things all right. And what they're beginning to see is the truth. And they're beginning to realize, oh, my gosh, there is something wrong with a fiat monetary system. This country has gone into great and deep trouble and danger ever since we decided that we don't need gold and silver coin uh, to back our, our, our dollars. Instead, all we need to do is put out these paper debt instruments, which are backed by nothing but promises. Promises. That's all debt is, a promise to pay. Your debt-based monetary system is backed by nothing but government and Federal Reserve promises, and the promises can't be kept. And that means sooner or later the currency is going to turn out to be worthless, as will a lot of the paper debt instruments that are denominated in dollars. People are beginning to see this, and as they do, they lose confidence in the system. The economists don't know what to do. They can't con an honest and educated man. And people are gaining, gaining honesty. They're gaining the education. They're gaining some integrity, and they're beginning to say, wait a second. This is not a good system. Let's take a break for some commercials. Melody and I will be back on financial survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned. Aspirin mistake. 
Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with Salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three www.thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, and the program is brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver, 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. What's next, Melody? We have a little silver special today. We have 90% silver, $28 face value. That gives you about 20 ounces of silver. We're going to have 20 silver Morgan dollars. These are circulated. These are prior to 1921. So a lot of the dates on these will be prior to 1900. They're very nice looking circulated Morgan silver dollars. And of course, 20 of the new 2016 American silver eagles. So you receive 20 Morgan silver dollars, 20 one ounce silver eagles, and 28 dollars face value of 90 percent silver this includes all your shipping costs for one thousand two hundred and fifty nine dollars that's one thousand two hundred and fifty nine dollars one eight hundred three seven five four one eight eight make sure you visit our website dgscoins.com 
We did not send out a newsletter this week um, with it being Memorial Day, so make sure you sign up. You'll receive your first one um, next Monday. All you have to do is go to the website. There's a mailbox there. Sign up. And, of course, our radio programs are archived there also at the website. An article. We, we just read from an article that, uh, again, at zerohedge.com, former, former Morgan Stanley chief in the Asia, uh, chief of Asia, the economist, don't listen to the ruling well, elite. The world is in real trouble. Well, it's I, I it's just evidence. Want- Go ahead. I just want to make a quick comment on that also. On Thursday, I talked about the, the prime minister of Japan. I don't think it, any of us would ever hear what truly went on behind the closed doors on, the, on any of these meetings. But, you know, what's released is exactly right, what they want the people to hear and think. But even the, the prime minister of Japan, he came out and he says there's a big risk. Yeah. And he's looking for a, uh, you know, some sort of a coordinated uh, fiscal stimulus you know, by the G7 members. But and, they can't. Uh, How do they coordinate it? But that, that's, well, again, behind closed doors, who knows? However, the point is, he's coming out and he's talking about a uh, the world's economy, how grim it really is, and that this, uh, the second economic crisis is just around the corner. Well, I agree with him. And the point behind this is we're seeing people in positions of authority and insider insider knowledge that are saying, hey, this thing is getting ready to hit the fan. And it's not unreasonable for us, even though we see that we had a good month or two for selling automobiles, we've had a good month or two for selling houses, just the same. There is trouble on the horizon, and the horizon is not years away. That horizon is fairly close. You mentioned that they would need. They were talking. They needed some coordination in among G7 nations to deal with this economic problem. But the problem, one of the problems they've got, is no coordination is possible. And the reason is that we have a U.S. dollar index, where the dollar is deemed to be the equivalent of gold, or at least it was historic back a couple of decades ago. And everything else is relative to the dollar. The price of the, the purchasing power of the euro is calculated in terms of its relationship to the dollar. And the purchasing power of the yen is calculated in terms of its relationship to the dollar. And the dollar, likewise, is not set. There's no objective value to the dollar. That thing is also moving like a rubber band that's constantly stretching and contracting in relation to the other currencies, six of them that, that uh, comprise the foreign currencies other than the dollar and the U.S. dollar index. The problem we've got is the other currencies want inflation. In fact, all of the governments apparently want inflation because inflation allows people to borrow more money and pay it off in cheaper dollars. Inflation allows borrowers and consumers to essentially rob their creditors. They they borrow $100,000, and we have 10% inflation, and when they pay back the creditors, the creditors actually get $90,000. All right? They get $100,000 nominal, but because of 10% inflation, they're getting only $90,000 in purchasing power. Inflation is a way to rob creditors. That is to say, the people who have actually worked for a living, produced more than they've consumed, saved the difference between 
what they what they've consumed and what they've earned. And these are the people. These are the creditors. These are the people who should be rewarded. Instead, they're being robbed by this system. And inflation is one of the mechanisms they use to rob the creditors. Now, the problem they the in our brave new Keynesian economic economic world, everyone understands that inflation will, or everyone seems to believe, that inflation will stimulate our various economies. But when we have the U.S. dollar index, where the dollar is on one end of this teeter-totter and the other six currencies are on the other end, when one side of that teeter-totter goes up, the other side must go down. When the dollar increases in purchasing power, that is to say it deflates, the other six currencies on the other side must, on average, lose purchasing power, and they will inflate. Now, they want that. They're sitting there, yay, yay, we need inflation to stimulate our economy. But if they get inflation, we get deflation. What's good for them is bad for us. Likewise, if we get inflation, they're going to suffer deflation, and it's going to be bad for their economies. And so when we talk about having some sort of a coordinated attack, I don't see how that on, on, the, on the economic problems the world faces, I don't see how that's possible as long as the dollar is the fundamental criteria that we're using to measure the purchasing power of other currencies. As long as we have this in, uh, this teeter-totter relationship, this adversarial relationship, six currencies on one end, dollar on the other end of the teeter-totter, as long as that relationship is adversarial, we can't all have inflation at the same time. The only way we can get back where we can inflate the dollar and inflate the other currencies simultaneously, and I'm not recommending that, but that's what they seem to want, and they would probably all agree to it. The only way we can do it, we have to get something else to tie the purchasing power to besides dollars. We've got to get the dollar on the same end of the teeter-totter as the other six currencies, and we need something on the end where the dollar used to sit. And what could that be, Melody? Gee, let me think, Al. <laughs> Might be gold. Might be. Yeah. But as long as we've got the dollar on one end and these other currencies on the other end of the teeter-totter, they're working against each other. One goes up, the other goes down. They can't all go up at the same time. And therefore, when the, pre when the, uh, the Japanese premier says we need some sort of a coordinated attack on these, on these economic problems, I think he's whistling in the dark. There isn't going to be one. So... And if there's not going to be, well, I think that's he just more evidence that this thing just isn't going to be resolved until it collapses. Well, my idea. When it collapses, then they will do something dramatic that they won't do now. They may know about it already, but they won't do it until everything is burning, and then they'll say, oh, wait, I got an idea. And that might just be their coordinated effort. But with the way I look at it, the Prime Minister of Japan is probably out of bullets, and he knows it. Yeah. And this is a way to sort of shift the blame to to his people if you know it doesn't work and he and things start to fall apart over there you know he can at least say he cried for international help and he was ignored or something but uh, uh certainly i think he understands i mean he's placed what 2 trillion yen into their system and what has it gotten them negative rates so um got another 
article here from Natural News. And it goes along these lines to some degree. It says, Fox News poll, this is the headline, Fox News poll. Americans believe the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And then many realize Obama administration is lying to them. The Obama administration is lying? Melody, how could that be? This is the most open administration in, in American history. So why would they be lying to us? That's just shocking, Melody. I'm shocked, shocked, I tell you. According to a poll by Fox News, a majority, 58% of voters believe the world is simply going to hell in a handbasket. And that figure is bipartisan. 48% of Democrats feel that way, as do 61% of independents and 71% of Republicans. Just 35% think that everything will work out and be okay, which is amazing to me. I'm, I'm pretty much astonished that one-third of Americans actually think that things are going well. What do you suppose those one-third are smoking? They must be welfare and subsidy recipients or government employees. One thing for sure, that one-third will be among the first to starve if the stuff hits the fan, because they be dumb. Meanwhile, by a 61 to 36% margin, voters say they don't feel hopeful about the direction of the country. Again, one-third of Americans, actually a little more than one-third, 36%, but one-third of Americans are hopeful. Maybe they're getting a little too much fluoride in their drinking water, but I don't see. I mean, there's, it's, it's, I'm not advocating that people should be doom and gloom per se, but you have to, you have to be objective. Right? There, is, there appears to be trouble coming, and I don't think it's going to be resolved by maintaining some sort of a smiley face. We've got to actually take a look at what's happening and prepare ourselves for it. They're talking about, meanwhile, we've got a 61-36% margin. Voters voters say they don't feel hopeful about the direction of this country. They go on and they say that's a reversal from 2012, four years ago, when 57% felt hopeful. Four years ago, 57% felt hopeful. Today, 61% don't feel hopeful. That was the Obama. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everybody thought Obama. Everybody was hopeful of Obama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hope and change. Change you can believe in. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, we got our change all right. The shift is driven by a nearly 30-point drop among Democrats. Democrats have lost 30% of their previous optimism has, has waned during the Obama administration. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is perhaps something similar to if you took a poll in Venezuela right now and say, well, how do you people like socialism? Mm-hmm. And compare it to the poll they took four or five years ago. How do you, how many, how do you people like socialism? I'll bet there's a bunch of people who used to love socialism and are now having second thoughts. Just as there are a bunch of Democrats who used to love the idea of socialism and or President Obama's administration, and they are also having second thoughts. 80% felt hopeful two years ago. Well, just 52% say the same thing now. That's among Democrats, um, falling from 80% to 52%. 10% more respondents. Uh, that would be 49% versus 39% believe that America is worse off now than before Obama was elected in 2008. 
despite all the negative sentiment toward the Obama administration, and this is where it's also interesting. Everybody knows Obama screwed things up by the numerals, or virtually everyone knows that. And then it goes on and says in this article, despite all that negative sentiment toward Obama administration, the poll shows that Republicans have failed to make significant gains this election season, mostly because voters think they stink too. Right? All of this is evidence that the public is fed up with the system. We don't trust Congress, and not because we're irrational. This is first article that I was reading from. The wheelers and dealers think there's something wrong with public psychology. We're not looking at the fundamentals. What are the fundamentals under today's economy? Fundamentals is that most of the wealth should go to the top tenth of a percent. There's a fundamental for you, and they don't understand why the public can't get behind that. What's wrong with you people? Well, this is another one. The Republicans have failed to make significant gains this season because as big, as bad as the Democrats are, nobody thinks the Republicans are any better, which explains why Bernie Sanders has been able to frustrate Hillary Clinton throughout the Democrat primary. And, and Donald Trump has defeated 16 other candidates a couple of months before the Republican uh, National Convention. They're gone. I don't know that that's ever happened before. It is an indictment of the establishment. It's evidence that the public is fed up with the powers that be. We aren't buying any more of their stuff. And when they come down to sell us and try to say, look, we've got a brand new free lunch, and it's just for you because, boy, we really like you. A lot of us are saying, I don't want the free lunch. Take your free lunch and stick it. Now, I know a lot of people are dependent on those free lunches, and they're not going to give them up but they're going to be out of them. They're going to run out of free lunches before this is all over. And some of the rest of us are saying, I don't want your free lunch. You understand? I can support myself. I don't need government meddling in my affairs. I don't need you to support me. I don't need you to regulate me. Go away. We do not need you, and we certainly don't believe that you are here to help us. The people from government are here to help themselves. They are not here to help the American people to any significant degree. Well, it's all part of it's all part of the reason why you sit back and you look at you look at these stories and you think to yourself, should I hang on to paper dollars or should I get some gold? Right? Well, one of the reasons you ask that question is because they tell you time and again, if you've looked into the nature of our fiat currency, that it all depends on public confidence. Where are we going to find the public confidence when half the, more than half the people believe the country and the world is going to hell in a handbasket? Where are we going to find that confidence when we have uh, Morgan Stanley executives, <clears throat> chief economists, say, don't trust these elitists, they're lying to you? Where do we find that account? And if we don't have that confidence, how much longer can the paper dollar hold together? And how, how long before price of gold goes up like a skyrocket? I'm Alfred Addis. This is Financial Survival. We'll be back in a moment with Melody Cedarstrom. Please stay tuned.
financial obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w's.thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on financial survival. Here's a, we've got a couple of articles on Democrat presumptive nominee Hillary Clinton. And the point behind these articles, they just broke out in the last day or two. The point to me is that the dam is breaking. All right. Hillary has been able to get away with a lot for a long time to where perhaps she thought she was the Teflon nominee. But the dam is beginning to break. Mainstream media is even beginning to turn on Hillary. And there's evidence that she is increasingly likely to be, ind- be indicted by... The, uh, the FBI will apparently recommend she be indicted. Whether she is indicted or not remains to be seen. But if not, if she's not indicted, according to at least one source, and we'll get to that in a minute, uh, the FBI will go public with this. If they want, if the if the attorney general's office won't indict her, uh, the FBI will say, okay, well, she's going to be indicted in the in the court of public opinion. Um, what this reminds me of more than anything else is the uh, political you know, axiom that it's not the crime that gets you jailed; it's the cover-up that gets you jailed or thrown out of office. Right. Hillary has been a lot, she's been involved in a lot of things that are controversial and offensive and perhaps even criminal. She's gotten away with it for years 
and operated on the apparent assumption that it's all old news and nobody cares anymore. But I think it's been stacking up like snow on a mountain peak and just waiting for a moment, just piling up deeper and deeper and deeper until it all comes loose at the same point in an avalanche. And I think that's what's just about ready to happen to uh, Hillary Clinton. Here's an article from Politico.com. State Department watchdog, Clinton violated email rules. All right, we've had a big debate going on about did she or did she not violate the email rules? And what are the consequences if those violations took place? Well, the State Department watchdog concluded that Hillary Clinton failed to comply with the agency's policies on records while using a personal email server that was not, and officials say would never have been, approved by agency officials. The long-awaited findings from the State Department Inspector General also revealed that Clinton revealed Clinton expressing reluctance about using an official email account. So it's not an accident. It's not an accident. She just happened to have a personal account set up. She didn't want to use the official account. The report detailed how some employees who questioned the wisdom of the homegrown setup were told to stop asking questions, and the audit confirmed apparent hacking attempts on the private server. Secretary Clinton should have preserved any federal records she created and received on her personal account by printing and filing those records with the related files in the office of the secretary. At a minimum, Secretary Clinton should have surrendered all email dealing with the department business before leaving government service. And because she did not do so, she did not comply with the department's policies that were implemented in according uh, in accordance with the Federal Records Act. Now, all they're saying here is she didn't comply with government policies. They haven't expressly charged with violating the law. Nevertheless, that's what it works out to. The report also notes that she had an obligation to discuss her personal email account, but did not get permission from people who would have been needed, uh, who needed to approve the technology, who said they would not have granted that permission if they'd been asked. Program rep the report represents the latest pushback, in this case by a nonpartisan government entity. They're talking about the Secretary of State and particularly the particularly the Inspector General. They claim that's nonpartisan. I don't know that I believe that, but that's their claim. The report represents the latest pushback against her campaign's claim that she did not break any rules and that her use of private server was completely allowed. The FBI is still probing into whether any laws were broken um, by putting classified information at risk or whether her staff improperly sent sensitive information knowing, knowing it wasn't on a classified system. Clinton and her top staff did not cooperate with the investigation, which was requested by Secretary of State John Kerry. Now, it's interesting to me, you know, they, you know the first, the most important point is government is getting ready to charge Hillary Clinton at least in relation to the ship to the email, all right? That's the first point. I mean, she's in trouble. Second point is that this investigation by the Inspector General of the State Department was requested by the current Secretary of State, John Kerry. 
Now, that causes me to do some interest, some speculation that's at least interesting to me. It might not be true. It's conjectural. I have no evidence to support it. But I wonder when this investigation of Hillary and the email problem began. I assume Secretary of State Kerry initiated the instigation based on a request by Barack Obama, or at least with Obama's approval. Huh? There's a lot of people that think Obama will not approve Hillary being charged, um, indicted. Uh, that might not be true. If Kerry initiated this investigation, and if it's true that it was initiated with Barack's cooperation and approval, then it's, it's probable that Barack is willing to indict Hillary. I wonder, but beyond that, I wonder if Kerry initiated this investigation at a time when he was still considering a run for the presidency. I wonder if he hoped that the investigation might bump Hillary out of the running for Democratic Party's candidacy and open the path for himself to run or be nominated as the Democrat nominee. That's pure conjecture on my part. Don't know that it's true, but it's the kind of thing that you kind of expect. It's hard to look at what happens in Washington without whatever they're doing. I don't care what they're doing. How often can you look at it and say, oh, well, that's a good idea. They're moving with a benign intent. They're trying to help us, the people. When they do anything, it strikes me as at least probable that what they're doing is contrary to our interest. It's not to help us. It's not to help the people, not to protect our rights, our liberties, our freedoms, our prosperity, none of it. They're selling it all down the river. Um, Clinton and her allies have contended she did nothing illegal by choosing to set up a private email server and account on her Chippewa, New York home, and that she was not trying to evade public records uh, requests. Instead, Clinton said that she was motivated by the desire for convenience, though she conceded that it was not her best choice. Now, she's used this argument about convenience, and here which brings up the next article. This is from the Conservative Tribune, and the headline is, NBC turns on Hillary, exposes the real email secret she hopes never gets out. Insofar as NBC is helping to expose Hillary. Not in a major way yet, but they are beginning to. This is more evidence to me that Hillary has finally crossed the line, the dam is breaking, and the mainstream media is going to start to go after her. The article says in the past few days, Hillary Clinton's email scandal has made the headlines all over, has made headlines all over the globe. The Daily Caller reported that several Democrats are finally seeing the light and are starting to question Clinton's email use in public. Even Democrats are abandoning, some of them, even some Democrats are abandoning Hillary's sinking ship. NBC's political director, Chuck Todd, even came out questioning her use of private email. Todd concluded that the only reason Hillary Clinton used a private server was to avoid federal laws. Right? He goes on and he says, convenience isn't it. Now, we just talked in the previous article where Hillary says she just did it for convenience. 
set up our own service, it would be convenient. He says convenience isn't it because it's not a convenient thing to have a server in your home. No, it's making it so that it's outside the reach of the federal records law. He's saying that her private email server, the only way it makes sense is she wanted it outside the reach of the federal records law. He goes on and he says, you cannot look at it any other way. That's the only real logical reason to do it. And again, this is Chuck Todd, NBC's political director. Now, while this admission by Todd is nothing new, Republicans have been saying it for years, it's important that Democrats are finally starting to admit this in the open. The longer this email scandal goes on, the more damage it will do to Clinton in a general election, virtually ensuring that Donald Trump will win the White House. And that's one of the things, you know, they've dragged this on for a long time. It's, they say it's not the crime, it's the cover-up that gets you convicted. It has, this email scandal has been going on for a long time, and you have to ask yourself, has this been going on for a long time because it was a complex story that really took a long time to investigate? Has it been a, going on for a long time because Hillary Clinton used her political influence to, to slow or stop that investigation? Has it been going on for a long time? Because Republicans say, we'll drag this thing out until we get right in the heart of the election season, and then we'll turn it loose when it can have maximum impact on pushing voters from the Democrat side to the Republican side. Do you know what I think, Al? Hmm. I think this whole deal about her emails, the reason why it's coming to a head, is because little old Bernie Sanders is having the time of his life, and he's gaining, and he's gaining big time. And I think they're now they're willing to drop Hillary. I think the yeah, Democrats I think the Democrats are willing to drop Hillary only because Bernie Sanders uh, is gaining speed. And I think if he hadn't gained speed, she'd still be their little their little uh, uh, politician to elect. And I don't think Trump can beat Sanders. Well, I don't think Sanders is going to be the nominee. I think Sanders continue, has succeeded if they, if they precisely continue. because Hillary's been embarrassed, 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 called to account to some degree in the media. People if they know indict her, the Democrats will drop her, uh, uh, drop her and they will put Bernie in there. I don't know if that's true. I think they should. They will. I don't know that they will. A lot of people I mean, he's say just, that. I mean, he's neck and neck with her. I mean, who else would yeah, they wouldn't bring in somebody? Biden. They wouldn't Biden. bring in somebody. Biden. They wouldn't They've bring in about, Biden. They talked about bringing Biden in. If this in. was six months ago, then maybe they would have brought in Biden. That's oh, I know. It'll be time when Bernie is. Catastrophe the Democrats. When Bernie is leading like he is, there's no way they would bring in anybody else. They would I'd let him that. go with the flow. I would, I would say there's 60% probability that what you just said is correct. But there's a good chance that they would try to dump Bernie and get somebody else in there. And it's too late. Well, yeah, I don't know if it is or it's, it's not. too late. I think, because the people I think, already are saying they want Bernie. <laughs> He's neck and neck with Hillary. I get that. I get that. But even if they get Bernie. And it's all about the, the Democrat Democrats. Party, the whole Democrat Party has been tarred with the Clinton brush. All right? The, the Democrat Party, their number one candidate, is perhaps so going to be exactly. indicted for 
one or more crimes. And that's why they wouldn't bring in Biden, because he's an Obama fellow. They would bring somebody that would be like Bernie Sanders. That is so, but I don't think Sanders is going to be able to overcome that tarring from Hillary's brush. I don't think it's going to work for the Democrat Party. I think regardless, I think Clinton, excuse me, I think that uh, Trump is going to be elected, assuming, you know, barring uh, some unforeseen extraordinary circumstances. I don't think the Democrats are going to be able to pull it off. This is They've got eight years. Everybody despises Obama. Most people think that Obama, the country's worse off today than it was uh, when Obama was elected. They're going to blame that on the Democrat Party. Bernie is going to have to come up with some extraordinary arguments that persuade the, the people that, look, we can, we can more government handouts are the solution to our problem. I don't think Bernie can win. It might appear that way. You know, he may get some polls. Not that I want him to win. I'm just saying. Either. I he guess would give I... Trump a run for his money. <laughs> and no well, I don't doubt. Maybe more than Hillary would. Yep. Hillary's being at this point. At this point, yeah. I don't know that she can be. I don't know that she can be revived. Um, <laughs> the pre- her candidacy is perhaps DOA. <laughs> Uh, we're about out of time, folks. I want to thank you all for listening. Melody and I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you and me and Melody and Frank, the producer. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. I work all night. I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. There never seems to be a single penny left for me. Left you fast. In my dreams, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere 
with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU-band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one four. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. show. I wasn't on last week. What is today? It's the 25th of May, 2016, four minutes after the hour. Yeah, wasn't on last week. I'm live today. I'll get into that a little bit. Let's get some administrative stuff out of the way. Uh, Where are we? Well, you're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network, fellas. You can go to the AmericanVoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. That's the website for the network. 
And you guys know what to do when you need to get there. I have a website myself, conditioncriticalshow.com. I got a blog there. Check it out. I do. Uh, I'm, I'm still kind of quite active on my blog as much as I can be anyway. A uh, couple donate links. What's a donate, donate link uh, attached to my blog? Check it out. More importantly, donate to the American Voice. Uh, dot com, American Voice Radio, donate. Uh, what do I say every week? Well, I wasn't on last week, so I normally say donate $5. Frank would appreciate it, and so would I. Uh, excuse me. Okay, well, let's just get on with some stuff. Uh, yeah, I wasn't on last week. Uh, they're trying to kill me at work, literally, and it's kind of a double-edged sword. I guess I really shouldn't complain. Uh, we've picked up a great deal of business and with a, a, like a, really a whole lot more to come. And again, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I shouldn't complain. Uh, but, and, and I'm just, you know, I have to say this. Uh, my ability to even do this show is in jeopardy because uh, there's all the changes aren't done yet. And they're talking about getting rid of the 410s, which that's, you know, I work a 410 shift. And, and the reason they're talking about that is uh, they want to go back to all 5.8s. Uh, that way, you know, they, they won't need as many people then. Because we already have to hire, or they already have to hire, like an additional maybe 40 drivers uh, because of all the work that we've now kind of assumed and picked up and all that. And again, it's a double-edged sword. I shouldn't complain. Uh, but it's long hours, and the hours are getting longer. I was forced to work my days off mostly last week, and I kind of skipped out of it uh, this week. Uh, but it's coming, so I just thought I would put that warning out there because one thing I'm not going to do if I can't do my show live, I, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not a tech guy. I have programs like Audacity, and I think there's like a Cool Edit Pro that somebody recommended or whatever, you know. And I could probably record something and or and do like a podcast or something like that. But that's really, uh, well, that's a learning curve for me. So uh, you know, right now I I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I'm not entertaining that. Uh, so I'm just kind of putting it out there. I'll keep you guys up to speed. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, if those changes happen and some of us are fighting it, but there's maybe not enough of us uh, because what happened, what has been happening or what's going to happen is the runs are changing so drastically. And although we don't bid runs, we bid start times. Uh, there's the gray area because a lot of guys like to go to these certain places and, you know, on that particular start time, well, that's changing. And so now guys are grumbling. They want to do a rebid so they can bid another start time, which is completely uh, against the contract. It's actually, it's forbidden. And, and one thing I can say about this, that where I work is that they adhere to the contract pretty rigorously. And so there is that uh, where, you know, there's that hope where they won't, you know, these, this, this element out there, if you will, that is trying to force a rebid where they might may fail because we're only supposed to bid once a year, every January, you bid your start time and you stick with it. Uh, now when there's an opening, so to speak, like there is an opening and there's a job board down at the, at the dispatch and, you know, anybody can bid on that and you can bid off your job, but you can only bid off your job once a year. Say I was to bid on that run. It's just a start time. It's not a run and you just do whatever just within that start time. Uh, then that's it. If another, uh, bid opens up, that's it, you know, and that keeps continuity and it keeps things, uh, uh you know, less confused and, and where a lot of guys aren't jumping around because the other place I worked and I can talk about them because they're out of business, Wonder Bread Hostess Cake, it was, a, it was complete chaos with the way they bid 
the, the runs there. And there you did bid runs uh, specifically. But guys would just, because a run would become available and they'd bid that. And, and it just, then it would, everybody would bump down or people would bump up and it was, it could be chaos and just throughout the year. So yeah, uh, it, it's, it's more stable when, when you just bid once a year and that's, you know, you're basically stuck. So, you know, you got to really make sure what you're bidding on is what you want. And for me, I've been doing the, I've been on this same bid now going on two years. Uh, and it's mostly cause nobody else wants to work the days because it's over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, number one, number two, it's at night, start at seven o'clock at night, which I prefer. Number three, it's a four ten. And a lot of guys don't like that because you don't make as obviously, you know, you don't get the overtime and that's, I'm okay with that. Even though I get plenty of it on a four ten. Uh, but yeah, I bid it cause I like the days off obviously. And it allows me to do my show and it allows me to, to do other things as well. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why, you know, I wasn't on last week and, you know, there are others, uh, you know, I'm not going to get too personal. I will say this, I, you know, I'm becoming extremely disillusioned with, the whole process here that is going on in this country. Uh, it seems to me that people are just completely disengaged. And I mean that, and I, you know, and if that offends people, oh, well, people just are completely disengaged and, and don't seem to care about what's going on. And that's a problem. That's a problem. It's not just, and forget about me. It's a problem for the country. You know, the, 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 you know, by what is going on? I mean, does anybody not think, that this country hasn't fundamentally changed in the last seven and a half going on eight years. Now I know it's been longer than that, but Hey man, when, you know, when Obama said he was going to fundamentally change this country, well, look out. I mean, it, it's happened. I mean, we live in a country guys where, where the single biggest issue of the day isn't the economy it, and it isn't. And if you listen to the reports out there, not financial survival, obviously, you know, not a responsible uh, economic, if you will, or financial radio type, you know, you know, forecast type shows. But when you listen to the mainstream, and I often reference the radio station that I listen to in the morning to catch my traffic reports, and it's a CBS affiliate, and they have a, a female named Jill Schlesinger on there, and she's the Wall Street whatever, and they get the financial report from her, and she's a complete freaking dingbat. And it just blows my mind. I mean, I can completely smoke this, this female out of the water if I were to call in, but obviously they don't take callers because everything's all rosy to her and she's a complete moron. And I, I have to wonder if, if they're just, if they're, if, she, if she's really just that dumb, which she may well be, or if it's intentional, that they're just intentionally lying to people. And that may be, that's the case too. But I mean, how long, you know, I couldn't do that and with, with good conscience, you know, maybe for a while because I, you know, I needed to get paid or something, you know, because I got a house payment, you know, I got, you know, some kids in school and I, you know, I got, you know, I got to have groceries and, and what all. Maybe I'll tow the line, you know, for a while. And, and but after a while, it would start to, it would start to wear me down. You know, I, it would really start to affect me mentally if I, had, if I had to come on their air every day and lie to people. Well, that's what this woman does. And, it, and see, t- that offends me. That offends me. That, that they can just do it so casually that these are these commentators that we have uh, of the day of CBS and the mainstream and, and so forth, Fox News, all of them, they, they can just routinely get on the air and just lie, just lie. And and if that and see that's really not the worst part of it. The worst part of it is is that people don't seem to care. That's the worst part of it. I mean, the, like I so said, what was I going to talk about? The single biggest issue of the day 
And I'm not going to get into it a whole bunch because I'm total. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the homos and I'm sick of these transgender freaks, these trans speciuses out there that just, you know, they want, 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 you know, and all the race problems that we have and, and, and all this stuff that, that's going on, you know, in this country. And it, it seems like people are just completely disengaged and unwilling to really do anything about it, unwilling to pick up the phone and call somebody, unwilling to send an email or write a letter, unwilling to call into a radio show sometimes. I mean, these talk radio shows, I listen to them, and people don't call into radio shows anymore. I don't know why. You know, but here's the thing. Here's, and here's, here's the thing. People have a lot to say, though, sometimes. You know, there's people that complain to me often maybe once or twice, uh, because I just flat out tell them, okay, so what are you going to do about it? And that should kind of shut them up because, oh, geez, I wasn't going to do anything about it. And see, that's another problem is that what, you know, what we're doing in this patriot community and what, what, what has been going on in this liberty community and in the conservative community or whatever for far too long is we just pass back and forth information, you know, and that's fine. You know, we can commiserate amongst ourselves. Pass some information back and forth. We're the smartest people, you know, hiding in our garages behind a keyboard sometimes, it seems to me. You know, instead of, and that's fine. That's great that people are informed. I'm not, you know, I would never discourage. And if you hear, <laughs> like, mechanical stuff in the background, Frank had mentioned it. He's like, is there an airplane flying by? There's landscapers next door. So if, I don't know if you guys can hear that. Maybe when I'm not talking, they're running weed whackers and so forth. Uh out there but yeah so where was i going uh yeah just like the uh, complete disengagement and the whole passing back and forth of information i would like to see it move a, a little bit uh beyond that hold on a second here uh hold on one second it appears i have a caller but you know what if frank and i don't i'm not taking calls uh i'm not gonna i'm not talking about uh I'm not going to get into it uh, this afternoon with that. So if you could take care of that for me, Frank, I, I appreciate it. And I apologize if I put you on the spot there, Frank. Uh, okay. Yeah, here was the thing, Luke. I mean, I saw that it was you that called, and you and I had a conversation now, okay, and you were supposed to call me before my show, if you're listening, Luke. Uh, you were supposed to call me, remember? And we were supposed to discuss what we were going to talk about because I was not going to let my show be hijacked. Okay. You didn't do that. So you can't just call in. You have a lot of good information. I understand, but you were supposed to call me first. That didn't happen. Uh, if you would like to be on my show, Luke, uh, you need to call me first before we go on the air, like a couple hours before the day before, preferably the day before. So we can discuss, you know, kind of a format because I don't do this all day. Okay, and so I don't mean any offense to you. You seem like a, uh, a knowledgeable fella and all that. So that's the reason I'm not taking your call. And now I'm just going to move on. So yeah, those were the couple of the reasons that I wasn't uh, on the air last night. And then, you know, uh, another one, and again, I don't want to, you know, get really too personal, you know, but uh, got some neighbor problems. And I don't mean like meth labs and, and bikers and strippers. Uh, I don't mean that. I mean, it's just, there's like just a, a kind of a state of transition going on. Uh, the one neighbor, I mean, directly next to me and then, you know, on each side of me. Okay. Uh, two neighbors. Uh, the one, the old fella, he's, you know, he's, he's passing, he's, he's passing away. He's a retired Colonel, uh, from the air force. He's a bonafide war hero and he really is. He 
He was a fighter pilot in both Korea and Vietnam, flew hundreds of combat missions in fighter jets. He was a test pilot for Boeing and, 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 and a test pilot for the Air Force afterwards, and just a really, uh, just a really, a really decent guy. Just a really decent guy, and it's a shame. Uh, he hasn't been well for a while. Uh, but, you know, it's just a shame he's going to pass, and so that's, that's changing. And then the neighbors on the other side of me, I mean, they're going through some things, and so they're, you know, uh, potentially moving um, next year. And, I, you know, I'm just really fond of them as well. So, you know, it's just, you know, sometimes change isn't so good, you know, so there's that, you know. I, I'm really fond of, you know, both of the neighbors. I'm, I was more engaged with the other fellas over here, uh, the other neighbor. He, he's the fellow that owns the fishing boat, like a big, giant fishing boat. And he took me out crabbing, uh, oh, this is years back. He just invited me onto his boat, and I went out, and I was sick the entire time. It was completely miserable. Uh, but it was interesting, too. And uh, so, yeah, they're just, uh, you know, they're just, they're getting older, and, and, you know, he's going to turn 70 and the house is too big and blah, blah, and all that stuff. So, yeah, you know, and then just with everything that's going on again in, in, in the world and in the country uh, today, guys, it's, uh, you know, it's one thing after another. It's just one thing after another. And this and, and, and again, the biggest thing is this homo thing is unbelievable. And I didn't want to get into it that much. And I'm really not. I'm just going to mention some things. I mean, here's a headline. House faces another LGBT fight. You know, whatever. But there was another one here. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, well, okay, that's one. Here's another one. Here's just another headline. Obama chides Vietnam for poor human rights record. And I'm not going to read from the article. You can imagine. But part of what's in that article is Obama criticizing them for the way they treat homos over there. You know, that's what we do now. That's what the United States does, is that we go around the world promoting homosexuality. And you're trying to normalize it, and, and it's obviously a failure. It's obviously killing us. Where's the one I was looking for, though? Not that one. Uh, well, here's just another headline. Uh, ACLU files federal complaint over transgender bathroom access in Tennessee. So there's you know, just a headline. But the one I'm looking for uh, here. Uh, here we go. This is from NPR. Da, da, da. Hold on, let it load up. I'm looking in the check in the chat room here. No, it wasn't a helicopter. <laughs> it's actually, you know, them gas-powered weed whackers. Man, them things are awesome, aren't they? I have one, but it's out of the little, uh, what do you call it, the nylon cord to whack the, you know, the freaking grass and the weeds down. And I'm terrible at replacing those. I kid you not. I just... So it's sitting out my shed, basically, well, it's rendered useless because I'm such an idiot and I don't know how to install those things correctly. It's, yeah, I just wasn't a mechanical type of guy. So uh, my neighbor weed wax my that side of the house, but uh, they've got landscapers there now because, uh, and look, I don't live in some kind of ritzy neighborhood, and I, you know, that's landscapers. I mean, that's just kind of a, I don't know, a lazy way of saying they got some people over there cutting their grass or something, but Here's the headline, NPR, uh, and this is, this is from uh, May 17th. I wasn't on last week. I was going to talk about it last week. Senate confirms Eric Fanning, first openly gay leader of a military service. So there you go. Th- that's what we're doing in, the, in this country. This is what we're promoting, and it's, it's rampant. It's completely out of control, and, the, and, you know, and it, it just is, right? 
But but what's but, but what's worse is I'm checking the time. What's worse is is it we don't seem to care. Nobody seems to to do anything about it or want to do anything about it. We're just letting it happen. We're just letting it happen. The Obama administration came out. What was it last week? And basically forced the schools to abide by these uh, these ridiculous these ridiculous ordinances and what have you for for these for these people that are mentally retarded. Okay, it's 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 insane. It's insanity. You know, and then what they do is they threaten the states. You know, and look, man. You know, these governors. You know, we we it's it's over. It really is. I mean, it's it's over. The only thing we got, the only thing left to do now is break out the rifles and start this thing uh, because it's out of control. You know, when you got the federal government bullying the states the way they do and, you know, threatening to withhold money and, and, and then states buckle, oh, my God, we're going to lose our federal dollars. Here's, here's what I would say if I were the governor. I'd say, really? Fine. Okay, that's great. Keep what you have. You ain't getting any more. You know, if just two governors did that, imagine if just two governors, pick any two state, I don't care, if two governors just said, you know what, you go we're fine. We, we don't need your stinking because it's not theirs in the first place. It's money that the states send them. Okay, the federal government doesn't have any money. Do we all know this? I mean, do people really know? I don't think people do. I honestly don't think people know how it works. I think people. I think far too many people think, and there are some right here in this community. Not, I'm not saying right here on the this network. But certainly people within the Patriot community, I think they really think that the government somehow generates money, right? And then they're benevolent with it and give it to the states. Wrong. They get it through all kinds of taxes and just and strong arm, basically, you know, robbery. Okay. And then they, they hold it over the state's head. See, if I were governor, I, I just wouldn't send them any money. The federal gas tax, you ain't getting it anymore because we ain't collecting it at the pump any longer. So now, you know, if you come to my state, gas would be cheaper. And it wouldn't take but two governors to do that, to inspire maybe five or six or eight more to do the same thing. And then to put the federal government back in the, back in, in, in the, you know, the closet, back in the corner where it belongs. Okay. But see, it, it, that's like a pipe dream, man. I mean, that's, that's like whispering in the dark. That's what I call it. That's whispering in the dark because it ain't going to happen. And so you got these, especially in this state, especially in this state. I mean, this state is run by freaking homos. It just is. You got the city of Seattle, and it's not, it's not a new thing anymore to have a, a homo mayor of a city, as disgusting as that is. And, when you, and I've said it about a month or two months ago, when you have degenerates running the country, when you have degenerates running your towns and your cities and your states, you're going to have degeneracy. That's all you're, that's it. You know, somebody that's abnormal like that, well, you, you don't get normal, you get abnormal. And so, you know, just not seeing a whole lot of uh, hope, and, I, and I'm not, uh, not seeing a whole lot of uh, in, engagement in, in the whole process here of, of, of really anyone, you know, because it, it takes more than just one guy bloviating on the internet or even two guys. I've used this term before. It takes a critical mass of people. And that critical mass of people, it just never materializes. It, 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 I, I don't even see it, you know, like if, if I were like a magician, you know, and I'm doing my hands and I'm trying to conjure this like critical mass. 
I don't even see a spark. I, I don't see a spark anymore. People are just too disengaged. You know, they just want to watch TV and they just want to be left alone. And you know what? In a perfect world, you know, if things weren't so bad, I guess I could understand that. But, but things are bad. Things are bad. It, and, you know, it's one thing to just pass an ordinance, you know, or to force some kind of, you know, like a lower speed limit or, or you know, something like that. Or, you know, you can't paint your house blue or something. And, and on Thursdays you have to, you know, you know, only have one porch light on instead of two or, or something like that. You know, something kind of benign. But what's going on right now in, in this country is not benign. It's an all-out assault on humanity. It's an all-out assault on normalcy, and it just is. You can't even whisper hardly anymore. And I'm going to get into that a little bit uh, in, in the second part uh, of the show here this afternoon because we're getting close to break. I'll get into that a little bit, how you, you, know, you can't even. And, but see, th- that's a problem when people you know, become too scared, too frightened to, to, to say anything, you know, to be stifled. You know, and look, I understand you can get fired from jobs, and you can, and people do. But we still have a right to free speech. We still do. And see, they know that. They know that, which is why they're trying to stifle free speech. And as soon as, as, soon as they're finished rendering the First Amendment useless, they'll get rid of it, just like the other nine. And they're working on a couple, two, three of them. I mean, vigorously, they're working on the First and certainly the Second Amendment. I don't know which one's first. I think I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They're like neck and neck on working those two down, willing them down to where they're just going to be rendered useless. And then they're going to be able to come out and say, well, hey, man, I mean, we don't even need it. Why do we need that anymore? We have, we have a whole encyclopedia of ordinances and bills and proposals and this, that, and the other thing, which renders those two amendments useless. So now they're just, now they're just uh, the, the, the eight amendments. When the fact is our founding fathers knew they knew a few of them. I don't know how many where it was, but I think specifically, I think Thomas Jefferson was one, uh, Benjamin, and I could be wrong on this, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, I don't think John Adams. I believe he was more of a statist. Uh, there was a few, maybe Thomas Paine. There were, there were a few. There were a handful that, that knew, that, that knew that, hey, man, this, this new constitution, this isn't good. And so we need to get some provisions in there as, as basically, and it, was, and it was, it was a compromise. And Frank's a little bit more knowledgeable at this than I am, but I believe that was the case. And so the, the Ten Amendments are in the Constitution, guys. It was a compromise, and it's the only thing protecting us from the federal government. And you can believe that or not, but that's just a, that's just a fact. You know, and we just routinely, we just so casually, all of us, don't force our governments to abide by that. You know, everybody talks about the Constitution. Everybody does. But rarely do people really specifically talk about the Bill of Rights. And look, it all might be a mood point. You know, it really might all be a mood point. Hey, have you bought that rifle yet, guys? Have you bought that rifle yet that I've been talking about? Because you know what? You need to do it. You need, and look, if you don't have the money, sell something. Okay? What did Jesus say in the Bible about, the, what was it, a sword, if you don't have one or something? Come on, you guys know the Bible better than me. If you don't have a sword, sell your cloak or something. Do something. Sell something. Buy that rifle. And when you buy that rifle, buy a case of ammunition as well. And go out and practice shooting. Teach your kids, too. I don't care how. Even the smallest one. If they can walk, put a rifle in their hands. Get them a small twenty-two and teach them marksmanship. I'll see you guys after the break. 
their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
that was abrupt. Welcome back to the second half of the Condition Critical Show. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. It is now 38 minutes past the hour. Again, this is my live show for Thursday. But said almost said Thursday. It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. What is it? The 25th of May, 2016. Uh, you're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. Again, you can go to the American Voice Radio or AmericanVoiceRadio.com, the website for the network. You can also go to my website, ConditionCriticalShow.com. Check out my blog and the many articles and uh, whatever you want to call them uh, that, you know, that I post on there. Again, I kind of get away from re- not, re- you know, referring to them as articles because they're, they're kind of really, that's really not what a, at least what my blog is anyway. I mean, I could be wrong, but check it out anyway. All right. What, uh, where are we going to move on to? Oh, uh, I did want to comment briefly on the music. The first band that you heard was a band called Gamma, G-A-M-M-A, like a gamma ray, but just Gamma. And if you're not familiar with them, you should be. That was a band formed by Ronnie Montrose, the late, great guitarist Ronnie Montrose of Montrose fame and, and others. He was a Sessions guitar player, very talented. Unfortunately, he uh, he shot himself. He committed suicide. But pretty recently, too, like back in like uh, 2012 or something like that, he uh, I think he had like stomach cancer or something like that, as I remember, recall. And uh, he just, uh, I guess he just couldn't take it anymore. Uh I think he even quoted that was a quote that it was that he was just in so much pain he he just couldn't take it anymore. So and I you know and I was saddened by that. I had my my because it would have been my wish or my hope that he he would have not done that. And maybe you know found a, a, another outlet for that. But hey, I wasn't him. Good band though. The lead singer you might recognize the 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 you might you probably won't recognize the, the name. His name was Davey Pattinson, and he's he was a singer for. Uh, he's, he's a prominent singer. He's from Scotland. And if you don't know him, uh, there's a song going to be coming up later on in the show. And you'll mostly you should recognize the artist. He was the lead singer for this artist as well. So anyway, I just wanted to comment on that. Second song was Uriah Heep. Kind of, kind of a neat little song there. Kind of a short one. Spider Woman was the name of the song. There you go. Gamma and Uriah Heep. Uh, as you can see, I've kind of gotten back into playing some mainstream music. I'm trying to stay with some safe artists, if you will. Now, I could be wrong. I don't know if these artists, uh, and, and I could be completely wrong, but at least they haven't come out in support of the freaking homos. Uh, that would really greatly disappoint me. Obviously, it would disappoint me. So let's move on. I was going to talk about this uh, article. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me, where did it go? And here it is. Uh, and I do. I want to talk about this because this, this is what we do. I talked a couple of weeks ago about how we have now have eight openly homos as ambassadors. Right. So they go out to the world and present the United States. Essentially, that's what ambassadors do. Right. So wherever they go, they're the ambassador for the United States. So what's the first thing people think about the United States when these people go to their country? They think, well, we're just a bunch of freaking homos over here. That's what they think. They think we're just a bunch of degenerates, and they don't like it. Well, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like it. Okay? That's what we do. That's how pretentious Obama is in his administration, and it's how pretentious and how completely evil and, and what's the word, uh, uh, you know, degeneratized or whatever our, our nation and our government has become. <clears throat> okay, but hey, right here at home, you know, Right here at home, you got the Senate confirms, and now the Senate did this. This is a Republican Senate, is it not? 
Didn't, didn't the Republicans take control of the House and the Senate here recently, a couple years ago? Remember, and they were going to stop Obama in his tracks. Remember? Remember that lie? I didn't believe it, but a lot of people bought into it and, and put them in there. And come on, really? They didn't even try. They, they, they didn't even make it. They didn't even attempt to stop his. In fact, they advanced it. In fact, they advanced his agenda. So here you go. Oh, well, prove it, Jay. Prove it. Now, come on, Jay. I think you're being unfair. Really? There's the headline. Senate confirms it's a majority Republican-run Senate. Uh, there you go. That confirms that. And at the same time, the Senate, again, the headline, confirms Eric Fanning, first openly gay leader of a military service. <clears throat> the Senate confirmed the nomination to, of Eric Henning, excuse me, to the position of Army Secretary, making him the first openly homo. Of, the mili- of a military service. The confirmation comes eight months after President Barack Hussein Obama, half of a black guy, by the way, nominated Fanning to the position. This is a quote. The voice vote approval Tuesday came after Senator Pat Roberts, a Republican from Kansas, dropped his opposition to Fanning after a senior Pentagon official told him that no detainees held at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, would be sent to the Army prison at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, or other facilities. Okay, so, okay. So did you hear that? People living in Kansas, your senator, Republican Pat Roberts, dropped his opposition to this because the federal government, who, and, and when's the last time the federal government made a promise and, and kept it? When, when is that? I mean, is this guy a moron? Of course he's a moron. Of course he's a moron. He's a senator. So of course he's a moron and he's a traitor and he needs to be found right now by some good people in the state of Kansas and they need to drag him out of his office wherever he is and, you know, commit some violence on him first. I, I mean, justified violence, okay? That's what they need to do. That's what the Constitution calls for. That's what our Declaration of Independence. It's all right in there. It's all right in there. It's in all of our founding documents that we have a right to change our government, and we have a right to remove these people by any means necessary when they become corrupt and treasonous. And that's what, Eric, that's what this Pat Roberts has done. He's become treasonous. He has sold out his constituents and of the state of Kansas because the federal government so-called promised to not send any detainees from Guantanamo Bay to the Army prison at Fort Leavenworth. I mean, why would they do that anyway? They wouldn't do that anyway. Well, because they can't torture them there, see? They need them somewhere else so they can torture these people. It goes on. <clears throat> as the two-way... as. As the two-way previously reported, this must be some kind of a periodical or some kind of a publication. The two-way, that's what it's called. As two-way previously reported, Fanning has held numerous military posts in the Obama administration, including Special Assistant to Secretary of Defense Ash Carter, Acting Secretary of the Air Force, and Deputy Undersecretary of the Navy. So this homo, he gets around. You know, he gets around, and there's a picture of him right there. And do I need to explain what homos do, how they commit? What Do I need to? I don't think so. Disgusting. Eric brings many years of proven uh, experience and exceptional leadership to this new role, Obama said in a statement when he nominated Fanning. I am grateful for his commitment to our men and women in uniform. I'm sure you are. I'm, and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that his commitment to the men, at least the ones that like catch my drift, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're grateful for it too. But wouldn't that hurt afterwards? I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. Sorry. Uh, and I'm confident that he will lead America's soldiers uh, with distinction. I don't know. How can that happen? Again, how can a degenerate lead America's And so there you go. I don't need to read any more from the article. You guys can, you know, you can find it yourself and read it yourself. That's what, that's what our country does now. 
That's what our country does now, you know, and this is really just the tip of the iceberg, you know, as far as the downfall of this country. Look, the economy's, you know, going to crush us, you know, no matter what anyway, I guess, you know, uh, you know, but these other things like this. And, and again, I don't I just don't understand it. I don't understand how this can be the biggest issue of the day and how we're allowing this to be completely forced down our throats. And we're not doing anything about it. Well, it doesn't seem like we're doing anything about it. Now, I did get a headline here uh, earlier this morning uh, that 11 states have now are now suing the federal government over the so-called transgender bathroom rights and rules and, and so forth. Uh, so I guess that's a good thing. Uh, I haven't been keeping track with what North Carolina is doing. I know they're being just really they're just really being uh, unfairly uh, targeted and uh, you know, maligned and so forth by, by everybody, you know, and I haven't, I'm not clear on whether or not the, they've held their ground. Uh, it just doesn't seem to me that they're going to be able to, uh, you know, just based on how politicians are. So, so there you go, guys, that was just one, you know, and there's just a whole host of these headlines out there. This is what I mean. This is what I mean about how, how completely upside down this is, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, I said it before, like if a space alien just like landed, he got lost, right? You know, and ended up on Earth. And, you know, and he just walked around for a day or two. He would go, oh, my God, these, everybody's, everybody's a freaking homosexual down here. It's crazy. But see, we're not, though, are we? <laughs> well, we, excuse me, we must be. Or we must not care. And this is a local headline, King 5 the local station up in Seattle, uh, loading up here. Nathan Hale High School gets first gender-neutral bathroom. And here they got, you know, uh, and I'm not absolutely going to play any audio or anything like that. They got some, I don't know what it is, uh, they got some creature holding a microphone. And, and, and that's how brainwashed these kids are. And, you know, and, it's, and that's our fault. That's our fault. You know, the public schools, you know, are a disgrace. We all know that. But at the end of the day, they still belong to the public, you know, and we should do something about this. But, see, nobody's doing anything about it. Another Seattle high school unveiled its first gender-neutral bathroom Tuesday, and this one was due to the efforts of, of a, a student's senior project. 17-year-old Destin Kramer says he came up with the idea his uh, junior year because he got tired of waiting in line for the single-stall bathroom at the nurse's office. Tuesday morning, members of Nathan... Oh, the Nathan Hale uh, Hayes Gender Awareness Group. So they have a gender awareness group there. Uh, I guess you have to have that nowadays uh, because people are just completely confused about which gender they are. Remember, I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. They're just confused. You know, they look down and, and they just thought, Ooh, I don't know. What am I? It's unbelievable. Along with other students, faculty, and members of the media gathered in the hallway outside of a multi-stall bathroom as Kramer and his fellow students placed an adhesive placard on the outside of the bathroom identifying it as gender neutral. This is probably one of my, the, the, one of the, my most proud moments so far, Kramer said. Uh, well, you're mentally retarded, you freaking freak. Okay, you're, you're, gonna, you're most certainly going to hell. And, you know, that's how you're going to live the rest of your life. You know, you're going to live the rest of your life, you know, confused, uh, confused, angry. You're going to be just a miserable piece of garbage because that's what you are. 
And you, what, what really needs to happen is, and, and I don't know if there's any hope for people like this, you know, but, but what needs to happen, at least right now with this creature, is whatever this creature, they need, somebody needs to kick the living you-know-what out of this person and knock some sense into it. And, and I, I don't know if that'll work, but it, it sure would be fun, though, wouldn't it? It sure would be fun. Am I, what am I, am I, am I recommending violence? Am I, am I trying to incite violence? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am trying to do that. That's exactly what I'm trying, because how else are we going to do this? But talking about it, talking common sense about it, obviously isn't working. You know, at the end of the day, these people are only going to understand one thing, and that's going to be the, 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 the blunt end of a baseball bat, because these people are deranged. And what do you do with vermin? In a, in a, in a, what do you do with, with vermin? How do you clean up your society? You, know, you, don't, you don't talk nice to the degenerates. You can't talk nice to the homos. You just can't do that because they're mentally retarded and they won't listen to reason. So you can't, they need to be in institutions. Simple as that. Simple as that, man. All right. I don't want to get too heated because I'm really, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, honestly, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm losing, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just losing my drive for this because it, I'm just whispering in the dark. It doesn't seem like anybody cares. All right. You know, and all the news is bad, you know, it's just all bad. And, you know, that's another problem. You know, uh, you muckrake the news enough and, and, you know, as your host, I have to do that. And, you know, it's like, wow, you know, it's like, it's, I already knew things were bad, you know? And uh, so, yeah, I don't know that I could, you know, would want it to be really any other way, you know, at least because somebody once said, you know, to me, it's like, man, you know, once you're awake, I mean, how, would you want to, you can't go back, you know, it's, you know, to go back into a shell, it, it, you know, but it's just, it's bad, you know, and, and, and it just seems, it's just bad, you know, and yeah, I got a couple other things I want to get into here. There's something I wanted to get into here. You know, we hear, we hear about, I don't know what I want to do first. I guess I need to decide before the end of the first hour here. Uh, I guess we can talk about this. This is, you know, this is basically, let's put this in the category of a conversation about race. You know, we've heard of all these police shootings. Police uh, shoot unarmed black men, and then you have riots for days, months, okay? And, you know, you have mayhem, and, and you have uh, riots, okay, by, by, the, by the blacks. And, and, you know, by, by the... By, by the the, the, the thugs, the, 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 you know, you just do, right? And, and sometimes, you know, maybe it's justified, I don't know, and, and some, but sometimes it isn't. But here's the thing. I bet you haven't heard of Daniel Shaver, have you? Anybody hear of Daniel Shaver? That's his name, 26 years old. That's his name. Uh, this is from the Daily Mail. Police released chilling body cam footage of the moments before unarmed father of two was shot dead in a hotel by Arizona police officer. But the headline goes on, but critically omits the moment he begged for his life. Well, obviously, you know how things malfunction. It happens. Police in Arizona have released an edited body cam video of the night an unarmed father was shot dead by cops, although it uh, crucially omits the moment he was killed while begging for his life. The shaky footage published uh, publicly on Tuesday fails to show the moment Daniel Shaver, 
26, was shot dead by Officer Philip Railsford in Mesa on January 18th. And you know what? I can post this link for you in the chat room because you really do need to uh, check this out. Let's see if this works. That's not it. What did I do there? Hold on. That was the wrong one. No, that's saying it's the right one. Let me hold on a second, gentlemen. This is the this is the one. Hold on. There we go. Live radio. Let me get rid of this. Give me one second. Get rid of that. Let me put this link in there, and then I'll continue on. Uh, that should work. Shaver, a married father of two from Texas, was in the city for business relating to his work in pest control. Police were called to his hotel after reports that someone was pointing a gun from a window on a high up floor in the La Quinta Inn and Suites on East Superstition Springs Boulevard. It's an interesting name for a street, don't you think? East Superstition Springs Boulevard. Though Shaver carries two pellet guns with him for work, he was unarmed. He was unarmed at the time. In other words, he didn't have a firearm. In the footage released by police, all that could be seen or heard in the video is the armed response team ordering guests on the fifth floor to get out of their rooms as they surrounded room 502, Shaver's room. And it goes on. Investigators said in police reports and in court that the video shows Shaver on the ground outside of his room as he is ordered to crawl towards officers and tearfully pleads with them to not kill him. Officers at the scene say they believe Shaver was reaching for a gun. No weapons were recovered from Shaver's body, by the way. Investigators found two pellet rifles in the hotel room that were later determined to be part of his pest control job. Video released on Tuesday shows officers responding, and we all know that. Uh, additional footage showing blah, 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 and on our, okay. Brailsford, and now this is encouraging, Brailsford has pleaded not guilty to a charge of second-degree murder in Shaver's death. Uh, that's the cop, and, and you should click that link and look at a picture of this punk all tattooed up. You know, his arms, both of his arms are nearly fully sleeved with tattoos. And he's got all this little, you know, cop gear on, and he, he's a tough guy. Okay, he's a tough guy. Here we go. Da, da, da. I'll get some call for it to be unsealed. I just want to get to some of this. I just want to get to some of the more important parts. What is not shown is Shaver crawling towards police saying, and I'm quoting, please don't shoot me, according to witnesses who, uh, to a witness who was also ordered to crawl. He reportedly kept trying to pull his shorts back up, which were slipping down when he was crawling. Mesa Police Sergeant Charles Langley then says, this is a very severe, no, there is a very severe possibility that if you make another mistake, you are going to get shot, according to a transcript of the footage that was read in court. Langley then adds, when Shaver tries to ask a question, shut up, I'm not here to be tactful and diplomatic with you. You listen, you obey. Brailsford was later fired for violations of departmental policies. The video shows Brailsford and other officers getting into a hotel elevator, listening to a sergeant voice a plan for getting Shaver and the woman out of the room, and waiting for several minutes as their calls for the pair to come out went unanswered. Officers took cover in doorways as they waited for a response. Brailsford and another rifle-carrying officer at one point crouched down on their knees as they pointed their guns down the hall hallway. When Shaver continued to try and pull the shorts back up, Brailsford then shot him five times, killing him instantly. Well, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is, is because he's a white guy. And so, you know, what, I guess we don't care about our people. You know, I guess white lives don't matter, you know, because there's not, uh, you know, there's not riots and we're not like overturning cars and flipping, you know, robbing, you know, 7-Elevens in Walmarts and you're running out of the store with a big screen TV, high-stepping it, you know, <laughs> like they do, you know, like the monkeys do, right? 
oh, that'd be racist. I'm getting close to break. I just wanted to point that out. You know, just kind of just put that in the back of your head, man. It's just one more thing. That's just one more thing. I wish I could bring you some good news. Maybe in the second hour, I will. And I'll just set it up. Maybe at the last part of my show today, I watched something interesting on YouTube. And it was, it was about a 31-minute, it, it, it was kind of like a documentary, but it really, not a documentary, like an interview, but it kind of really wasn't. Maybe I'll talk about that. If not today, I'll talk about it tomorrow. I see we're getting close uh, to break here, though, uh, for the first hour, guys. Uh, hopefully, you all can stick around for the second hour, because uh, I have a lot more to cover this afternoon. I uh, hope you enjoy the music. See you after the break. Oh uh-huh. 
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
welcome back to the second hour. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. This is the Condition Critical Show, my live show for Wednesday, 25th of May, 2016, nine minutes past the hour. Back to the music, because I did want to make some comments about the music this afternoon. You heard Gamma, uh, the first set of music, and Uriah Heep, well, Gamma, uh, again, formed by Ronnie Montrose with lead singer Davey Pattinson. Going into the break here, uh, the, 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 uh, at the end of the first hour, you heard the first song, Bridge of Sighs, by Robin Trower, lead singer Davey Pattinson. So I just wanted to point that out to you, that he's kind of a prominent lead vocalist, and didn't know if you guys knew that. That second band uh, was Fastway, kind of an 80s one of the more under, well, one of the really more underrated eh, hair metal bands, I guess, from the 80s. Uh, a lot of them weren't really hair metal. They were just metal bands. Uh, and I think Fastway would fall into that category. They were very good, as, you know, but that's just me. So anyway, excuse me, let's move on. I said I was going to get into this, you know, and this is about, you know, this is just moving on, uh, you know, about uh, like uh, free speech and how, you know, how they are trying to not trying. I mean, they're 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 it's, it's an all out assault, man. And they're they're uh, they're they're winning. OK, because I got a couple things. I got a couple things here I want to. And I'm just going to do this one first. It's from The Wall Street Journal. And, you know, that whole this, this is a the cliche that, that a, even a what is it, even a. A stopped clock is right, what is it, once or twice a day or something like that, you know, it's a cliche, but you guys catch my drift. Well, this opinion piece out of the Wall Street Journal is by none other than Michael, well, Mike Bloomberg, and I'm assuming that's Michael Bloomberg, the degenerate piece of garbage, former mayor, billionaire uh, of New York City, and Charles Koch, I think that's how he pronounced his name, or Koch, C-O, or K-O-C-H, he's the uh, so-called uh, you know, conservative, you know, Republican, billionaire, dude, whatever, him and his brother, you know, they they manipulate and they buy politicians. Did I say that? That was probably rude. They donate to politicians. Hey, Sheldon Abramson, is I'm not saying his name right, or Adelson or whatever, he's a some Vegas dude, billionaire. Uh, there was an article, and I was going to read it a couple of weeks ago, but that ad was the point. Well, he donated, or he's planning on donating, like a million, not a million, like it was either like five or $20 million, right, to uh, Donald Trump's campaign, right? And I didn't read the article, and I'm digressing just for a bit here. But, you, you know, what do you think? Look, man, look, if I send like $25 to, you know, a candidate, I mean, what really do I, can I expect from that candidate for $25 donation? Even $100. Even let's say I sent a, a candidate for running for president or senator or something like that. Even if I sent him a thousand bucks, how much influence do you think that that would buy me? None, zero. Uh, so when Sheldon, I think if I'm saying his name right, a- Adelson or whatever his name is, Sheldon something, Abramson, I can't. He's some Vegas Jew. Uh, I don't know if he's a casino mogul. I don't know what the heck he is, but he's he talked about just donating like a large sum of money. And when I read that, I go, really? I mean, don't people see what that is? I mean, he's just not going to, he's just not, here you go. Here you go and not expect anything back. Okay, really? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. But I, I, and the reason I 
went into that little diatribe is because I, I mentioned Mike Bloomberg and, and, and the name they're say, saying it like that, Mike Bloomberg. I think he goes by Michael. This might not be the same guy, but I believe it is. Anyway, the opinion is Mike Bloomberg and Charles Koch, why free speech matters on campus. And somebody is, a couple of people have brought this up before, but I'm just going to go over it again. And the, the sub headline is safe spaces will create graduates unwilling to tolerate differing opinions, a crisis in a free society. And again, a clock, what is it? The stopped clock or something is right twice a day or whatever the heck. Anyway, during college commencement season, it's traditional for speakers to offer words of advice to graduating classes. But this year, the two of us who don't see eye to eye on every issue uh, believe that the most urgent advice we can offer is actually to college presidents, boards, administrators, and faculty. Our advice is this. Stop stifling free speech and coddling intolerance for, uh, for controversial ideas, which are crucial to a college education, as well as to human happiness and progress. Across America, college campuses are increasingly sanctioning so-called safe spaces, safe spaces, speech codes, trigger warnings, microaggressions, and the withdrawal of invitations to controversial speakers. And by doing so, it goes on to say that colleges are creating a climate of intellectual conformity that discourages open inquiry, debate, and true learning. And is it, it <laughs> duh, okay, I'm just a truck driver and I know that. Students and professors who dare challenge this climate or who accidentally run afoul of it can face derision, contempt, ostracism, and sometimes even official sanctions. And I would add getting fired, you know, just getting, uh, you know, uh, destroying your livelihood. I mean, physically, really, you know, substantially, and, you know, the most tangible way possible, destroying your livelihood. I mean, where you can't even put dinner on the table because nobody will hire you. That's what they do. That is what has happened, and that is what is happening. <clears throat> the examples are legion, the article goes on to say. The University of California considers statements such as, now get this, America is the land of opportunity, and everyone can succeed in this society if they work hard enough to be microaggressions that faculty should avoid. That's right. That's right. The role, of dis in, the role of disinvited campus speakers in recent years continues to grow, with the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education identifying 18 attempts to intimidate speakers so far this year, 11 of which have been successful. The list includes former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. Now, I don't know why anybody would invite that witch to speak on campus. I don't know why anybody would invite a, a, a politician, okay, or uh, a bureaucrat or some uh, ambassador-type person like this to come speak at their campus. You're going to get nothing but tripe and nothing but globalism uh, thrown down your freaking gullet, okay? So I don't know why, you know, they would invite. Who, they, who wants to hear what that witch has to say? Anyway, uh, Madeline Albright, who is scheduled to give the commencement address at Scripps College this weekend. Student protests have vilified her as a genocide enabler, and 28 professors have signed a letter stating they will refuse to attend. Fine, just don't attend. That's great. That's how you do it. If you don't like what somebody has to say, just don't go see them. Colleges are increasingly shielding students from any idea that could cause discomfort or offense. Yet without the freedom to offend, freedom of expression, as author Simon Rushdie once observed, observed ceases to exist. And as Frederick Douglass said in, in 1860, to suppress free speech is a double wrong. It violates the rights of the hearer as well as those of the speaker. Well, truer words couldn't have been said. That was back in 1860, when a professor last year decided to write online about the trend towards intolerance on campus. He did so under a pseudonym out of fear of backlash. 
The student-teacher dynamic, he wrote, has been re-envisioned along the line that's simultaneously consumerist and hyper-protective, giving each and every student the ability to claim grievous harm in nearly any circumstance after any affront. And that's so true. You know, that's so true. Uh, you know, th- see if I can get this right. I heard some commentary oh, a couple months ago watching something on YouTube. And what they're trying to do with, uh, what is it, with, with hurtful speech is they're trying to turn hurtful speech into hateful speech. See how that, see how that kind of, it's, 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 it's not the same thing. Okay, that's what, the, that's what these people are doing. That's how they're stifling free speech. You know, instead of it just being hurtful speech, I mean, yeah, I can say something to somebody, you know, that could be hurtful. But when it becomes hateful, that, that's what they want it to be, because then, then the powers that be can kind of rush in, right, and, and come into, well, now we're going to protect you because that person, he's trying to, you know, hurt you, like physically hurt you, when that's not the case at all. The whole thing that sticks and stones, you know, right, that your grandmother used to say when you came in the house crying, or your mother, you know, back when you could, you know, still go out in the playground, right, and play dodgeball or something like that. I know we don't do that anymore. I mean, that would be unheard of. That's actually child abuse. You know, can't play dodgeball anymore. That's child abuse. Oh, but we can hop your kids up on Ritalin, and we can uh, poison, completely poison their brain with the vile, disgusting uh, behavior of homosexuality. And that's not child abuse. Is there something wrong with this picture, folks? Excuse me. I'm going to read just a little bit more from the article. Uh, We believe that this new dynamic which is doing a terrible disservice to students, threatens not only the future of higher education, but also the very fabric of a free and democratic society. I hate that word, by the way, democratic society, but whatever. The purpose of a college education isn't to reaffirm students' beliefs. It is to challenge, expand, or refine them, and to send students into the world with minds that are open and questioning, not closed and self-righteous. This helps young people discover their talents and prepare them for citizenship, in a diverse, which I hate, pluralistic, democratic society. Okay, so there's even code words in there that they shouldn't be using. American society is not always a comfortable place to be. That is true. The college campuses shouldn't be either, and that is true as well. Education is, education is also supposed to give students the tools they need to contribute to human progress. Through open inquiry and peaceful exchange of ideas, students can discover new ways to help improve the lives of others and their lives, and that's true as well. So most of this is well written. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's not. It's it's not. Uh, uh, you know, it's not crucial to what I'm. You know, trying trying to get across here, because I want to kind of just. I want to uh, you know kind of uh, you know give you a flip side here. Let me find it. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, oh, I know where it is. Let me see here. That's not it. All right. Live radio. Let me see if I can find this, if this is the one here. Yeah. So, you know, I just went over with Michael Bloomberg, and apparently it was him and this Charles Koch said, and they're right, you know, and this is so true about what's going on in these. And it's not just college campuses, guys. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's freaking preschool now, okay? It, it's regular. Just, it's just, you know, A to Z, okay, in, in these institutions of higher learning or, or middle school or kindergarten or whatever, man, you can't say anything. And all that hurts my feelings. And, and we just become such a nascent nation of sissies, you know, on top of being a nation of degenerates, you know, we're, we're a bunch of sissies too. You know, this is from USA today, state law defunds 
University of Tennessee's Office of Diversity and Inclusion. That's right. The University of Tennessee had an office called the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. All right. There you go. That's the University of Tennessee. So if you're sending your kids there, people in Tennessee, uh, you might want to reconsider that. But uh, a new state law has defunded that. House Bill 2248, which defunds, uh, which defunds the school's Office of Diversity and Inclusion in favor of minority engineering scholarships. But while some of its units will be reorganized, taking the biggest hit is the school's Pride Center, an on-campus resource. And this is unbelievable here, guys. Okay, we have you have the acronym out there, right? LG, what is it, BT? And I discussed a couple weeks ago how they added like an I to that, like intersex, whatever the heck that is. Well, here's, here's, here's this acronym. This is unbelievable. Here's this acronym, LGBTQIA. That's the acronym. I'll type it into the chat room for you. Uh, for those of you that are in the chat room, let me lock the caps key. L-G-B-T. Make sure I'm doing this right. Uh, T. Hold on. Q-I-A. There's the acronym. Okay. I'm, I don't whatever. I mean, pretty soon this is going to be the whole alphabet, right? This is going to be the whole alphabet. But, like, all, dis, all discombobulated, you know, <laughs> like a Russian last name. No offense to the Russians out there, by the way, but usually a Russian's last name is like 27 con- continents. Con- what is it? You know, the word I'm looking for here, uh, consonants, right? You know, the alphabet. Okay, I digress. But that's the headline, or the, the, how they're the referring to this. LGBTQIA issues, which will remain open but no longer staff. Personally, I'm outraged, says Amanda. What's her name? Alec- Alarcon? Alarcon, I believe is her last name, a graduate student at the university. She goes on to say, I think it's despicable that they go after marginalized students and harm the mission of diversity that is that this institution has. It's despicable. That's what this person's saying. No, uh, miss, you're despicable. Okay. You're despicable and you're a moron. Okay. And somebody needs to just politely tell you that, that you're a moron. And then they need to slap you open hand across your freaking face because you're a moron. You got that? Okay. That's why I just, just wanted to get that out there. It goes on. Chancellor, Chancellor Jimmy Cheek announced in an email that, quote, the law does not permit us to reallocate money to continue to fund the Office of Diversity and Inclusion from another budget. As a result, there will be a reorganization of the units that reported to the Vice Chancellor for Diversity and Inclusion. This is in part due to the federal compliance, blah, 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 section being reorganized. Uh, Okay, sections being reorganized include the Office of Multicultural Student Life, the Office of Equality and Diversity, the Educational Advancement Program, and the Commission for Blacks, the Commission for LGBT People, the Commission for Women, and the Council for Diversity and Interculturalism. Are you kidding me? I mean, did you hear that? They have all of this stuff on a college campus. They have offices, and they have, you know, they have people and personnel. Where's the uh, office of how to fix a tractor? Okay. Where's the office for washing machine repair? Uh, Where's the office for animal husbandry? Uh, That's veterinarians. Uh, Where's the office for a forklift mechanic? How about the office for, I don't know, how to solve math equations in a proper way? I mean, don't ever try and solve a math equation like while you're sitting on an airplane getting ready to take off because then you might be confused for like a, you know, a, uh, a, a, a gene, uh, uh, what is it? A, 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 some kind of a genius terrorist type person, what, you know, or a stupid terrorist type genius person. 
where you're stupid enough to sit on the airplane calculating and doing your 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 uh, uh, bomb making uh, formulas, you know, for everybody. You know, don't do that. Don't right. But at least on a college campus, one would think that they would have better things to do on a college campus. What do we send people to college for? What do people go to college for nowadays? Well, they go there to get brainwashed. They go there to get their brain brain completely washed and scrubbed. <laughs> and it's unbelievable to, 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 you know, it's one thing to sit here and read from an article, right, about these morons. I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine having to endure listening to someone like this without, without wanting to wring their neck. I just couldn't. It's unbelievable. Oh, uh, let's see here. Students known as Pride Center Ambassadors will now run the center, which maintains its physical space on campus. Blah, 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 raise money. Republicans attending the Tennessee legislature have been calling for the defunding the office and blah, 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 for a while now. One reason is, and blah, 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 the use of Jonathan, that pronoun, okay, this kind of seen if there's anything in here that needs to be talked about. No, not really. But I just kind of wanted to bring that up. It's kind of a, uh, I don't know what is the word I'm kind of looking for. It's kind of, you know, you know, it kind of correlates with the whole with Michael Bloomberg and and uh, Charles Koch, you know, kind of we're talking about, you know, instead of and, and look. And again, at the end of the day, we should just be teaching kids how to do stuff at these institutions. Right. Whatever their major is. OK, so your writers, uh, your doctors, just why not? Let's just teach them that. You know, we don't need all this other nonsense because that's what it's become. College has become nothing but a bunch of nonsense. And the kids come out of there, and they might have a degree in, I don't know, whatever the hell it is, right? But they don't know how to, they don't know how to apply that because the, the, their degree really should be in, in, in absurdity. I have, a, I have a master's degree in BS, right, essentially, you know? And, and here it is. You go to get your job. Oh, let's see your transcripts here. Oh, I see. Okay, you sat on, hmm, you sat on that board. Hmm, okay, and over here. Uh, well, okay, do you know how to fix tractors? I mean, that's what we do here. Uh, what? What? Nah, what? What do you mean? Of course I don't know how to fix tractors. That You just hurt my feelings. You know, that's probably what they would say. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. Got to reach for my water here. Well, we're getting close to break. It's unbelievable, guys. You know, this kind of stuff, it, it, it's unbelievable. And uh, when I get back here, you know, from after the break, you know, because I think it's important, I do really think it's important that if, you know, first, if okay, you shouldn't watch TV, but if you do, you, you really should pay attention to what you're watching. I, I want to point something out to you that, I, that just really struck me. And when we come back after the break, so during the break, I'm gonna I'm gonna queue up. I'm not gonna play it. I'm gonna let you guys play it yourself. It's gonna be a, a commercial uh, from a bank up in Canada, and Socia Bank or Scotia Bank or however it's pronounced. I'm not sure. Uh, but that's what we'll be talking about. So I'm just kind of setting it up after the break, guys. It, and this is social engineering, man. Uh, and it's it's unbelievable. So enjoy the music. See you after the break.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
right, folks. Welcome back to the last part of the Condition Critical Show. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. It's now 36 minutes past the 3 o'clock hour. Again, I'm out here in the state of Washington, Pacific time. And my live show, 25th of May, 2016. Let's just continue on. I kind of set up what I wanted to talk about, but I want to just provide a little bit of commentary first. And I'm just going to refer back to the article that I've referred, that I was, you know, talking about there just before the break. Uh, about the University of Tennessee defunding their whatever, what was it here again? Uh, and defunding the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. And it went on to describe some of the other, or some of the sub, I don't know, offices or whatever. And I'll just, I'll just, I want to restate those, uh, the sections being reorganized. I want to restate those. The Office of Multicultural Student Life, the Office of Equality and Diversity, the Educational Advancement Program and the Commission for Blacks, the Commission for Homo People, they say LGBT. Here, they don't, they don't put the other words on, the other letters on the end of there. And then the Commission for Women and the Council for Diversity and Interculturalism, which is, I don't understand what that is, because the, one of the first ones I, well, the first one I mentioned was the Office of Multicultural Student Life. Uh, but then they have a, a, a council for diversity and interculturalism. Okay, why am I bringing this up? Well, first of all, you know, these are all bad things, obviously. We, they just are. These are not good for a moral and just society. They're just not good for a Christian nation uh, or a, a country that would be center-right, such as how we've been described. And I totally, you know, disagree with that. Um, and then I refer to, like, watching television. Now, you should really be aware of things. Well, uh, I used to be a Huge hockey fan, and of course it's the playoffs. And uh, yesterday I was somewhere, and the game was on. Uh, the, was it the Penguins and the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning? They're, they're in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, they look; these, they drag these seasons out too far. I've been saying that for years. And look, I don't I don't follow sports anymore, and anyway, but I used to be a big hockey fan. Nevertheless, there was a few minutes left, and, and so I was just you know watching the end of this this game. Uh, but then there was a commercial, and, and now, uh, you know, and it was a, you know, this is Banks. I think it's called Scotia Bank. Now, I'm going to post the, uh, and this was the commercial that I saw, okay? Now, I want you guys to watch this commercial. Let me, hold on. Let me go back. This should work. You guys really, it's like, what is it here? Hold on. Uh, there it is. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. This commercial is, what, 30 seconds long, Okay. And so here you have a couple. Okay, now this is, again, this is a Canadian bank. And I Googled it, and apparently it's like the third largest bank in Canada. But be mindful that, that hockey has largely become an American sport. I mean, there are only six teams in Canada. The rest are in the uh, United States. And all four of the teams competing right now in the, you know, in the Western Conference Finals and in the Eastern Conference Finals, there are American teams. There are no Canadian teams, in other words, competing. Okay, so no Canadian team obviously is going to win the Stanley Cup this year. It's going to be an American team. And yeah, I know there's a lot of Canadians on there, but anymore, there's a lot of Americans too. It doesn't, I'm just making the point that, uh, you know, this is targeting, this, this commercial is, isn't, you know, there's, some, there's social engineering going on here. Now, this is, my, this is going to be my commentary and my description of this commercial. And again, you need to watch it. It's 30 seconds long. So you have a mixed race couple. Uh, the female is obviously like an Indian, like a Pakistani or an Indonesian or something like that. Like a, what do you call them? Like seven 
<coughs> excuse me, like a 7-Eleven Indian. And it's a white dude, obviously, and he's holding a baby. And then the female banker person is, uh, is a Indian, too, or Asian, uh, Indonesian type, one of those type savages. Okay, and that's just, there, there you go. The opening thing in the commercial, if you watch it, the, the bank, the, the, the savage Indian 7-Eleven type again, not casino Indian. Now the guy's holding the baby, right? And he, there's, his, uh, there's his blushing bride. Well, you can't see if she's blushing because she's not the same color as him. Uh, holding the baby. And the first thing this banker says, guys, now what the baby, this is my point. What, what do people normally say when they walk up to somebody that has a, a newborn or a baby? Oh, so oh, that baby's so cute. Oh, that's so adorable. What does this woman say? Oh, he looks just like you. Why does she have to say that? Watch the commercial. And that's what this banker says. Oh, it, something like that. It, it, he looks or it, it looks just like you. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Now, that might just be because these are actors, right? And that baby isn't theirs to begin with. But it wouldn't matter. These two people are mixed race. When you're foolish enough to have a child, then that baby doesn't look like either one of you. You just created another human being. A one a different species, actually, in my opinion, and that might sound racist, but oh well. But that's part of what I wanted to, you know. That's just one aspect of the social engineering, guys, that is going on out there. I mean, I didn't say anything, and I did in my head though. I'm like, I mean, I right away, I just in my head, obviously, I just, and I I walked away. I just said, oh my god. Oh, I was stunned. I was floored. I was just floored. I thought, man, man, you want to talk about social engineering. What better way to promote multiculturalism than to have that, than to to have that, to try and normalize it? Because people are idiots, and in their feeble minds, they won't get it. You know, maybe in the back of their head, they'll think, man, I don't know if I want to do this you know, with this person, because this person is a different race than me, and I'm afraid if I have, if we have children, that the baby won't, but what better way to convince them, hey, man, no, it's not going to be that way, really, when to have this type of commercial, when this female banker, oh, it looks just like you. Catch my drift, guys, and look, again, this is one aspect of the social engineering that is going on out there, and it's just so utterly pervasive in our society. How many TV shows now that, that are that are on the, the, the air? And again, I don't watch TV, but I mean, I'm aware of current events and things. <clears throat> How many TV shows? And it's not really a new thing. Uh, where, where, I mean, you have some shows now that everybody's a freaking homo, right? Everybody. But you certainly have just about every show. It might, in fact, it might be every show that there's at least one. And he's always portrayed, or him or it, or that or her, or whatever, are always portrayed as just fun-loving, and they're just normal people. They're just normal people because they have to normalize it. They have to normalize it. There's only one way for them to achieve, you know, the destruction of this, this country once and for all. And that is to normalize every, everything that is, you know, every vile, every disgusting Everything degenerate, everything bad, everything that is abnormal, they have to normalize it. And they're doing a pretty darn good job of it, don't you think, guys? I mean, I think so. I think so, because most of us, again, most of us just sit back and don't do anything about it. You know, we don't turn the TV off. We don't, we don't boycott. You know, we let them run roughshod over us. 
How's that work, guys? Why did, how does it? I don't understand. I, I honestly don't understand how a fraction of just over 2% of the population, and that's who it is right now, and it's redundant, I know, but that's, that's who we're dealing with, really, uh, you know, right now, is, is the homos and their agenda. And, excuse me, and how it's being forced on us. And, and not just them, though. I mean, see, they're just like, you know, the catalyst, if you will. You know, it's our governments, you know, that look, you know, I hesitate to, to use Hillary Clinton as an example, because I could be way off. You know, but let's just pretend I'm not using her, and I am, okay, as an example, you know, because there's probably better examples out there. But, you know, do you think Hillary Clinton would be okay if Chelsea was a freaking dyke? Do, do you really think so? Well, I mean, she, do you think, no, no. And my point is, do you think any of these politicians, you know, maybe I should better just maybe just generalize it a little bit more. Do you think these politicians, you know, you know, the, the, the regular, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm stepping in here just a bit, <laughs> you know, I, cause I, they're not normal, but let's just pretend, you know, and they, they're just a normal couple, right? And a husband, a wife and a politician, and they have kids, you know, <laughs> do you really think? And now, and now let's pretend this politician promotes, you know, the, he, oh, let's, I'm all for it. You know, I'm all for it. Do you think he would want his kids? Do you think, you know, when his kid came home from college and broke the news to him that he was, you know, one of them, you, you think he would be okay with that? No, I, my point is no. I, no, I don't think that they would be okay with that. I, obviously, they wouldn't be okay with that. And the same thing could be said for this whole uh, norm, trying to normalize interracial type marriages. Inter- look, Marriages, I've said it before, are hard enough. They're, they're hard enough. So why would you do something like this when you're so completely different? And you, we just, look, you just are. We just are. White people are different than black people. Black people are different than white. Mexicans and Spanish people are different than, you see what I'm saying? So we're not the same. That, now, you know, I don't want to just split hairs and, and drag this out. It doesn't mean we can't get along, you know. But it certainly means that we shouldn't be, you know, really uh, collaborating, in, you know, so intimately. But certainly we shouldn't be, you know, spawning uh, a different race of people. Because here's something else, okay, and this is redundant too, and I, I harp on this. I harp on this. Now, this particular, this, this poor, this poor, poor child, that's child abuse, by the way. And now, I, now I'm being serious. If you've watched the commercial, and I'm not in the chat room, I'm kind of still on a different screen. I don't know how much commentary is going back and forth. I hope that, you know, I hope that you're participating somewhat in this because I think it's important. Uh, That poor child, here's my point, that that poor child, what about the white race? You know, because here's my point, that child will never be referred to as white, even though in in this portrayal, the father is white. And the mother is a, a savage. And, and I say that, uh, and I'm comfortable saying that. They're savages. Okay, they're just, they just are. These are people that put cows. I don't know how they get them up there. Do you ever see the, like, when, when, when like, a, a city floods, like in India or something like that, right? And it happens all the time, right? The Ganges River breaks its freaking dam because they don't know how to build dams and they're retards, right? And, and the city floods, right? And people are dying, there's sewage and blah, blah, blah. Did you ever notice how they got 
they'll get a cow, like a cow, right? A bovine on top of a roof. I mean, how do they do that? That's they carry it up there. Do they lure it up there like a cow? I mean, because they're not. You wouldn't think a cow was like a very good climber, like could climb stairs. Maybe they stuff it in an elevator. That's probably how they have to do it. Maybe they engineer their elevators over there big enough that when it floods, they can get the cows up onto the roof because, like, they worship cows or something, right? Like the the right, and not the people. Okay, you got people down on the street, right, drowning in, in raw sewage, right? We got to get that cow up onto the roof there, uh, uh, Punjai, right? Okay, it's unbelievable. Where was I going? But see, that child will never be referred to as white. Okay, and this is this, this is more uh, maybe better suited to be using the the, the white. Uh, uh, Pig, that's what I refer to, how I refer to him, sorry, that's how I do, a woman who who uh, foolishly uh, engages into a sexual relationship uh, with a black man, okay, then they have a child. Well, let's, hey man, you can, I wrote an article about it, you can check my blog if you want, you know, whatever. But I used uh, Barack Hussein Obama as an example, it was, you know, he's a classic, he's the example, okay, he's the president of the free world, if you will, okay. And he's mixed race. His mother was white, but he's routinely referred to as an African-American. And the blacks routinely refer to him as a black guy. And everybody routinely refers to him as the first black president. <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed something here. Didn't I, did I, did, do, do, I missed something here. So this whole notion of multiculturalism and uh, such, and, and, and look, <laughs> it's no, uh, it, it's, it's, there's, it's it's not what am I trying to say here? That this isn't uh, this isn't like a fluke. This isn't like a happenstance or or just you know. There's an agenda here uh, for why they have these types of offices or you know uh, I don't know what, what's the word I'm looking for organizations. Okay, like on college campuses, you know, and so they can shove this down our throat. And but see, there's more to it than that, though, guys. There's more to it than that, though, because the only race that they're trying to destroy and the only race that they're coming after are white people. That's just a fact. You can call me David Duke. You could call me a Tom Metzger because of that. You can call me a KKK guy and a white supremacist and a, or a white nationalist. You can call me every name that you want and Mark Potok and label me as a, as a, as a, as a white supremacist hate monger. I don't care. They're not going after anybody else. Okay, it's just white people that they're going after. And what distresses me about that is, is that white people, not enough white people are standing up and saying, oh, wait a minute here, man, we need to, we need to put some brakes on some things here, okay? We, we need to stop this. This is insane. This is insanity. We need to wake, you know, white people, you need, we need to wake up, okay? And look, it, it's, it, it's, it's kind of cartoonish almost sometimes, you know, when people say, oh, what do you think would happen if there was like a white student union or something like that? Well, but you know what? You know, instead of just talking about it, why don't we just, why don't somebody, why doesn't somebody just form one and then not cower and then not cower to the, to the uh, obvious uh, harassment and possible, uh, you know, threat of, of loss of life for doing something like that? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it's all going to end, you know, but it ain't going to end pretty. Somebody close to me once said, you know, uh, white people, they can take a lot of stuff. You know, this person said to me, and this was 25 years ago, okay, and, you know, white people, you know, we're pretty tolerant, you know, eh, we're just, 
don't want any trouble, you know, and we're just trying to get along here and blah, blah, blah. This person said to me, and then he said, but you know what, you know, if you, if you, if you PO white people enough, keep in mind that uh, we have a tendency to like put people in ovens when we get, you know, really PO'd if you catch my drift. Okay. If you catch my drift. Oh, that was anti-Semitic what you just said. I'm just saying, and well, it wasn't me that said it anyway, so I'm just kind of, uh, you know, uh, conveying to you what was said to me uh, more than 25 years ago by someone. And you know what? That's the truth. You know, I, maybe some, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't bottle things up so much, right? So then when, you know, maybe we shouldn't get to the point, you know, maybe we shouldn't let ourselves get to that point where, okay, the only way we're going to deal with this now is we got to put some people in some ovens. Uh, you know, maybe we shouldn't. I mean, I'm not saying there isn't a time and place for that, because I'm sure there is. You know, but perhaps we should maybe nip things in the bud just a bit sooner, don't you think? It's just insanity. It's madness. It's distressing. It's all kinds of things. And I don't see enough people talking about it. I don't see enough people writing uh, a blog post about it. I don't I hear people calling into radio shows enough about it, sending letters to the editor. I don't see any of this. Certainly from white people. I see white people cowering in the corner, and I see white people uh, all for this, you know. And it's unbelievable to, for, me, to, for me to witness. It's unbelievable. Again, it's redundant. I've said it before. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, when you're collaborating with these people that want nothing but your death and destruction, and they don't like you, at the end of the day, you know, you, because you're, you know, you think you're helping them. Oh, look, see, I'm just... I'm saying, are I so inclusive or aren't I so wonderful? Hey, dummy. <laughs> hey, dummy. The only thing they see at the end of the day is that you're just another white guy. You're just another white dude, man. So why would you help them along? Why would you help them along? I, well, I, you know, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't want, you know, any harm to come to them. I don't, you know, want the, the destruction of their race. I'm not trying to, you know, engineer, you know, their race out of existence. So why would I... Uh, why would I collaborate with them in the, in the engineering of the destruction of my race? I have a right to live, too. I have a right with the white people. White people have a right, uh, you know, to exist, too. And it's, which, we're just being, we're just being, we're being slaughtered, man. We are. We're, we're, we're going extinct. There was something I have just a bit of time, and I'm not going to read the whole article, obviously, the article, because I don't have, we're getting close to the end of the show. Uh, here it is. Popular Spanish. Come on, queue up this off the Daily Mail. Maybe I'll go over this tomorrow. Uh, I have just a little bit of time from the Daily Mail. What is it here? Da, da, da. What's the headline? Headline is, get off the stage. Awkward moment. Crowd of students turn on popular Spanish news anchor during her commencement speech after she used it to attack Trump. But what I wanted to kind of re refer to in this was, uh, you know, she thinks it's okay. She goes on and hears, oh, I don't know why, you know, I don't know why they were heckling me and booing me and blah, blah, blah. Uh, she's like, I don't see why it's not okay for me to address, uh, you know, people. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.